Hi, hello, it's Vin. Thank you so much for listening to the Vin and Ali show. We've created something that we're really excited about and we want to share it with you. It's called Recalibrate. It's a 12-step process that helps you create more clarity and more alignment in your life. It's the exact approach that both Ali and I have been using to live happier lives and to achieve all of our wildest dreams in the last seven years. It's been crazy. Being one of our loyal listeners, we wanted to share a special something with you. Visit recalibrate.online forward slash Vin and Ali to access the course for 70% off. I hope you will check it out. Anyway, let's dive into this episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Vin and Ali podcast. How, how crazy is it that, yeah, actually it's the Vin and Ali show. <laughs> I've, I've, I've only been start. doing this for the last three years. Right. We can rename it. <laughs> yeah, we can, let's, let's just rename the whole thing. <laughs> let's call it the Craig yeah. and Dan show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, call it whatever you feel yeah, like. Yeah, whatever you want. But hey, welcome to this uh, episode. This is, uh, this is a beautiful time of the year. Mm. We're, we're wrapping up 2023 and moving into 2024. Wow. How crazy is that? How is 2023? It's, it's been... One hell of a year. Mm. It's one of the years of my life where when I think back, I think, I think I've peaked. <laughs> I think every year after this is just going to be really, really crappy. <laughs> I, I think you peaked too. Yeah, I think I have. <laughs> like, and as your friend, I want to be really supportive. Yeah, yeah, and yeah be really realistic. I'll sell you on the future and then yeah. it's going to be better in this, but yeah. yeah. Nah, like, that's it. Like, you, you peaked when The Rock followed you. <laughs> you peaked when... Joe? <laughs> found out you have a kid. Yeah. You peaked, yeah, on multiple levels this year. So, that's crazy. Yeah, no, it's... You're not you definitely anymore. haven't peaked? No, no, I, yeah, I've you, got upside. Yeah. <laughs> I've got upside this year, like, if anything. I yeah, just, yeah. If anything, the best years are still ahead of you. Yeah, we haven't seen your ahead. best years I'm yet. So, we so, haven't seen so energized and op- <laughs> optimistic about the future. Like so much growth and oh. potential left, but you've just maxed out. And- no, but look, it's 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 not about us right now. <laughs> yeah. I want to do a quick little tradition. Yeah, what's a tradition? This is something that Asians do for mm. their loved ones during mm. Chinese New Year. Mm. So this is the kind of Western New Year. Mm. So I'd still like to bring a little Asian tradition into the Western New Year, and I'd like to whistle, wish all of our listeners something. Okay. And you've got to think about something you want to wish. Yeah, all our listeners I'm too. glad you just you've thought about yeah. this and now you're just yeah. putting this on me. I oh, planned it way before. I've got it in my notes here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to tell yeah. you about. Yeah. It. I love this. So what? What I'm I want to wish a little bit. I can't wait to see what Ali wishes you all. <laughs> but what I want to wish you is I want to wish I, I wish for every single one of our listeners that happiness, wealth, and joy floods into their lives like a waterfall. Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. It sounds way better in Vietnamese. <laughs> <laughs> Say it in Vietnamese. No, I don't want to. Why well, do it? No, no, it's no, fine. It's fine. No, your turn. Your turn. Your turn. Your turn. Okay. What's your wish for our audience? <laughs> so I could buy myself a little bit more time. <laughs> What's yours? My wish for our audience is, as you know how I could do that slowly because I'm just still buying a little bit more time. Yeah, here, I know you are. Is and you stole all the great adjectives <laughs> that most people would wish well, to other people as well. Which is what great. else is there? Yeah, yeah no, you're like I wish everyone joy and happiness and love and kindness. It's like you've left me with pretty much. <laughs> Only the negative stuff, I guess. <laughs> it's like a bit dark. But yeah, I think I wish everyone just, yeah, peace. I think internal peace. Oh. Um, and maybe the word that's coming to mind is good energy, good vibes as they head into the next year. And then mm. from there, like the external and everything else can probably look after itself. But that, that's sort of it's my very wish. Eckhart Tolle of you. A little bit Eckhart Yeah, Tolle. that's beautiful, yeah, man. You've you found a really nice place in life yeah. where- you're just, you're so zen. No. You're so zen to the point where this morning you nearly missed your flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you were sitting there yeah. meditating in the airport. I wasn't zen when I had to sprint to the, uh, sprint to the gate, but we made it. Love it. Yeah. Well, hey, 
you know, it's, it's again, just wrapping up a year and moving into the new year. We just wanted to say a big thank you to all of our listeners. You know, we, we, we can't believe we have listeners, plural. You know, it's kind of crazy that, that there are people out there listening yeah. to this. And, and thank you. It's more than just Dan now. Yeah, it's more than just Dan. Yeah, more than, well, Craig great. doesn't listen to it. No. But it's more than just all the people. Like, it's just crazy to me. Mm. Like, people reaching out on social media and everything. It's, it's so cool. Yeah, it's but awesome. look, on, on this particular podcast, mm. as we, we round out the year and move into the next, we're doing Arnold's book. Mm. Arnold's new book, Be Useful. Be Useful. This is a real... I really love this book because it's so refreshing in that it's not overly complex. I loved that he kept things really high level and I love that he didn't get into the weeds. I love that he stayed high level, stayed above the clouds because that leaves you room to be able to fill in the blanks for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What are your, did you have any other thoughts about the book before we kick into it? Just when I was reading it, I just, my admiration for Arnold just probably went up a little bit more and Mm. it was a really nice way just as the year's wrapping up and heading into the new year, reading a book like this Mm. because he's just infused with so much of that energy Mm. and that optimism and when I look at his story now, and I've read a couple of his other books as well, it really is one of the ultimate underdog stories, realistically, mm. where he went and just broke barriers and boundaries coming from like Austria in areas that didn't even really exist at the time. Yeah, right? to like, fetch water every morning, uh, no electricity. And he mentions it in the book. He's yeah. like, my friends called me Forrest Gump. And mm. he's got a very similar sort of story arc to that where – Went into bodybuilding when that wasn't really a thing and took it to where it ended up getting to. Mm. He was like the first, one of the first real true action heroes Mm. and stars. And he was doing that when couldn't even really speak English at the time. And he had the strong accent and everyone's like, you can only be the villain. And he became a hero. And then went into politics, did well there as well, running the sixth largest economy in the world for a period. It's like, well. It's pretty impressive when but you even, do it multiple times. Even one thing, I mean, I know we're going to talk about all of it, but it's that he became an action hero. And then at the peak of the action hero era, yeah. he became a comedy guy. And then that comedy movie that he did yeah. made more money than all of his movies combined. It, yeah, like you said, he's a guy that just breaks the mold time and time and time again. I think, I think the way I think about it is that he's, he's able to reinvent himself in every chapter mm-hmm. of his life. And he gives himself full permission to reinvent himself. Because who go who who goes from action hero to comedy, yeah, to then politician? Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. It's yeah. just so crazy, man. Yeah. It's so and crazy. just how I think the beautiful thing is just the courage that he always had to back yeah. himself. Yeah, in light of people telling him, "Hey, you shouldn't do this move," or mm. "This isn't the way that people normally do it." Mm. It's pretty inspiring. Well, let's dive into this book. Let's this book. Is, this book is about the seven key lessons in his life that he's shared to help you live a great life. And I know you really connect with this book because from the moment I picked you up at the airport this morning to to come to do the podcast, you were like, man, this book was so good because I love how much he focuses on vision. And that's the first chapter. It's on vision. So why don't you kick us off with your favorite chapter and your favorite topic? You always talk about vision. Even before we read read this book, that's something you've always – spoken to me about mm. just get really clear on your vision your vision and i used to look at this as being the fluffiest shit in the world and, and to be honest yeah when i was reading this it nearly reminded me of that again what the fluffiness of no it? no like just going back to vision oh why like, so like i, I okay, felt okay. like over the last couple of years because you're right probably mm. four or five years ago vision was so important in my mind yeah and then probably the last few years it's been more 
around execution mm. and aligning with that vision and then sort of enjoying the journey while pursuing that vision. Mm. I nearly lost sight of the top level a little bit sometimes mm. because in my mind it was you know, like, well, that's kind of fixed. So it took me back to that idea of like dreaming a little bit more and mm. he talks about it like you've got to go see, you've got to go look again. And it was one of the things as I was reading the book and I was reading that chapter, I actually just closed my eyes for like five minutes. Oh, I was you just did sort that? Of like, yeah, picturing things and I put the book down. I think I ended up falling asleep <laughs> after that. But it was so nice just going back into that and being like, because it's nearly, to me, it's a muscle to actually go and see things and to develop a vision and to tap into yourself like that. It is quite hard. And that's why it does fall into that airy fairy realm when you're trying to teach it or you're talking about it. People are like, oh, here's vision and purpose again. It doesn't really make sense. But it's because it is quite difficult. Well, it's not pragmatic. It's, it's not kind pragmatic. Of, yeah, it's not pragmatic. And it, it requires you to go into like you have to go pretty deeply inside yourself and collect clues from so many different areas and then you've also got to nearly distill and process everything else that's happening in the external environment too mm. but i love the way that he's he's talked about it he's like the earliest vision that he had was very very broad right and people think that they have to be so specific with their vision when they're thinking about it like i'm going to change the world in this way and i'm going to do it this day and it's going to happen on this date and it's going to happen here and all that but i loved what he said here is like my like the earliest vision that i had for my life was very broad it was off america mm. that's as complex as it was he was in like austria and he's like i have a vision that i'm going to be in america he didn't know what was going to happen over there yeah. or how it was going to play out but he could just see that and i'm not sure if you're like you can relate to this as well but for me that was always pretty similar to like i would start off with just an idea or a concept and it really would be a vision that would just come into my mind and then from there you'd start coloring it in when you got a little bit closer like i remember one of my early ones was i just wanted to it was similar in a way i just wanted to travel for work mm. like that was one of the early ones when i was in probably my early 20s it was how, how can i just explore the world and then do that while i'm working as well it was just travel it was travel. It was like literally the vision was, mm. I remember in like my 20s, it was get on a plane, <laughs> right? Like the vision was like the smell off, you know, the walkway as you're walking in to the plane yeah, and then yeah. sitting down in the seat <laughs> and doing that multiple times. And then from there, it's like you then figure it out. But Well, it, having that vision is just having a direction. Mm. So at least he was able to look in a direction and he, the direction he was looking towards was America. Yeah. And that's all that he could see. And, and I love that because that takes the pressure off creating a vision. Mm -hmm. I think one of the main reasons why I didn't create a vision because I thought that a vision had to be like something that Toyota had where <laughs> it was super clear and defined and yeah. I, I just I thought yeah. how do you how do you start that clear? Mm -hmm. There's no way to. So so in I think in learning this it, it re relieved a lot of anxiety yeah. because you can kind of go okay, well because I've kind of gotten to a point now in my career in life where I'm thinking I actually don't know where to next? Mm -hmm. And it's really comforting knowing that it doesn't have to be fully defined. Yeah. It can just be a word. It can just be a direction. Yeah. And you color it in as you go. And it changes. Like that was yeah. the other thing as well. I always saw with the vision, I think people put so much pressure on it because they're like, if I make this vision, it's going to be my vision for to it. 50 years yeah. or 30 years. Yeah, Whereas yeah, the reality yeah. is, I remember when I was really focusing on vision and say purpose, mm. it was evolving on like, a monthly basis or a six monthly basis where something else would get added in as I learned more about myself or I opened a few more doors and then embarked on those. So yeah, it's a, it's a cool concept and it was a really nice reminder. And I think this book in particular digs into vision and purpose, probably more so than most other books that I've read, to be honest. He, he says a sentence 
that makes it super clear. Mm. And and it, it was so clear where I went wrong in so many so many periods of my life that you, you know when wisdom it's so simple it's upsetting. Yeah. This, this is what he said, right? He goes, "Have a clear vision. What this means is to have a clear picture of what you want in your life and then have a plan on how to get there." Mm. That's like the simplest <laughs> sentence ever. <laughs> and when I but, but but as I read it now as someone who's just turned 37, I kind of go Damn it, that, that's as simple as it has to be. Yeah. Have a vision of and a clear picture of what you want in your life and then mm. just have a plan on how to get the stuff you want. Yeah. That, that, that's all that there is. And, and, it, and it sounds simple, but it's difficult. And then it just made me think about, I'm doing a bunch of renovations in my house right now. Is it possible to accidentally renovate your house like, like it's just it's just impossible to accidentally do anything. You can't accidentally create a chair. You can't accidentally create a laptop. Yeah. All of these things started with a vision yeah. and then they created a really detailed plan and strategy on how to achieve those things and then you do it. Mm. One of the reasons why when I walk through my kitchen now, I'm like, oh, wow, this is an amazing kitchen. Mm. It's because Pei Wen sat down with someone. They created a full plan, but they started with the vision of what they wanted the kitchen right. to be because it looks completely different to yeah. what it was before. But that means that if Pei Wen, my wife, she had a vision in her head, sat down with someone, created a plan. Now, all these different people came into the plan, the builders, the tilers, everyone, and then now they, they built it to what it is. It's unbelievable. But that's the same thing with life. Whereas I think often with life, we have a vision kind of of what we want, but we don't create the plan part. Mm. We kind of just go, yeah, I've got an idea of what I want. And then you now try to do one of the most complex renovations in your own life without help, <laughs> without a blueprint, without a plan, without measurements, nothing. Mm. And then when it doesn't come together, you kind of blame your capability. You go, oh, I suck. Yeah. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, it's, well, I think it's just you didn't have a clear enough blueprint. You didn't have a plan that was detailed enough. That's all. As you were saying that, the thought that came to mind, it's, like, it's pretty incredible as human beings mm. that we have this capability for vision. Yeah. Even when you were talking about the kitchen and renovating the house, mm. like where does that even come from? Mm. And then how, how special is it that like this thought or whatever that enters into someone's mind. And then they actually, and then we watch them and we witness it become a reality. Mm. To me, that's nearly like one of life's greatest magic tricks. Mm. You see these things and it's really so far only humans that can do this. Mm. Where they tap into something, whether it's the source or whatever it is, some inspired idea happens. Yeah. And then you're right, it gets formulated with a plan and with some actions and decisions and resources and all that. But it just starts from that little seed of a vision, mm. realistically, and then it can turn into anything realistically. <laughs> that is amazing, hey. And it is quite awe-inspiring. Like yeah. I think as human beings, like when we see that happening and we see people actually performing some form of a vision, we do all celebrate it, whether it's on a small scale or a big scale, right? Like whether it is like that, just seeing a house get built yeah, or <clears throat> a hut getting built. Yeah. But it's like that, that didn't exist there before. What still freaks me out is that we we started as cavemen mm. and somehow from using Craig sticks and stones. Yeah. <laughs> Some of our team members didn't make it out of that era. <laughs> they stopped halfway through evolution. <laughs> no, but like it, it blows my mind that people like Craig. Yeah. And his, you know, his his family. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Craig, I didn't mean to bring your family to it. It's just you. And, and all his friends. Yeah, and, and, yeah, all like his all friends. his friends. Yeah. Like pretty much everyone, everyone that he knows other than us. Uh, yeah. 
No, but, 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 yeah. but like we went from cavemen, <laughs> from people that just barely knew how to do make fire, to that that's the same breed of humans that created this, like a laptop, <laughs> right? We evolved from that. Yeah. Isn't that insane? So at some point, someone again, like before, it's so hard to comprehend because it's like before computers existed. There was someone that had a vision to create a computer. Yeah. And now we have a computer that plugs into the World Wide Web and somehow it connects us to thousands of people from all around the world. Now we've got video cameras filming a podcast. Yeah. It's just like you said, it just, it just hit me in that moment. It's like, man, that is so crazy. Well, the reality that we're living now is the culmination of a lot of vision yeah. and a lot of like execution. And like, even if you think back, oh, you so think about the pyramids. Crazy. Right? Yeah, yeah. Speaking yeah. about that this morning, like somebody had that vision, however many. We still don't know how ago. they did that. And like, so there was thinking and vision and all these things happening throughout history. And it just keeps evolving. Man, human beings are freaking amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I know all of this <laughs> happened, <laughs> but it's only coming to me now that how brilliant it is and how it all starts with a thought. Yeah. And that thought is what they would call a vision. It's, isn't that? And then, and then where, the hell, where the hell do these thoughts come from? Yeah. Tell me, Ali. <laughs> Probably Craig. <laughs> like, full circle. Full yeah, circle, it just goes yeah. full circle then. For those of you who don't know, Craig uh, Craig is one of our editors and videographers on the team <laughs> that we all don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I like us him. actually like him. Uh, Do you actually yeah, like him? I really like him. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no one else does. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, moving on. I, I think the, the <laughs> we're just teasing him and he's sitting there. It's collateral damage. Oh, it's hilarious. This is oh, why are we bullying. so mean? That's all right. So well, mean. Well, I, I, I really, pay out. I really yeah. feel like if we're, if we're going to make it relevant for our listeners mm-hmm. and bring it back down a notch as well, <laughs> yeah, because to, right. to, to, yeah. to be able to have a vision to create a laptop mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. create the next invention that's going to take humanity to the next level i think that's really difficult i think having a vision for your life again it doesn't have to be that grand it doesn't have to be that complex it doesn't have to be that crazy i think let's go back to the start like you said Mm -hmm. what's the vision you want to have for your life in 2024 you don't have to see it clearly yeah but just start with a word it's kind of cool that it could be that i mean i love that for arnie his was america america and that's all that it has to be so I, I love starting with that. So yeah. I, I, I ask you, I know this is yeah. kind of crazy because we haven't done our recalibrate process. Yeah. So every year, Ali and I, we, we, we go away with the people we care about and love and we kind of spend a whole week mapping out how we want our lives to be. And a part of that process, there's a vision part of that process. And do you have a word yet yeah. for 2020? You have a word already oh, for 2024? Well, yeah, I was thinking about it a little oh, bit. Oh, damn. No, well, That's cool. Well, I just want to go through the process as well that we kind of use, right? Yeah, like yeah, we do yeah. recalibrate and we go through our process. And, and hey, just a quick yeah. uh, plug for us. <laughs> We've finally created a version of recalibrate that yeah. we're sharing with the world. Yeah. Ali and I have been working on this for the last six, seven years now. And basically, it's our operating system. Mm-hmm. And it's our operating system on how we live, uh, how we're able to achieve the things we've achieved in our lives. And... We're kind of sharing this operating system now with the rest of the world. Yeah, it's, awesome it's really process exciting, and it's going to be yeah. exciting as this goes out there. So yeah. anyway, that was a nice little sort of mid-post ad, yeah, uh, podcast yeah, yeah, ad. Yeah. I love that. That was brilliant. Mid-roll, yeah, mid-roll, mid-roll, B-roll. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. not called B-roll. No, it's not B-roll. That's, <laughs> that's, uh, I'm going into areas yeah, that I know well, nothing about. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. 
Mine. So if I think back, mine's been pretty solid the last few years as an overarching one. And we probably share a very similar one okay. where it's, What's I think work? it's around like, well, if I look at it in a sentence form, it's doing things that we love okay. with people that we love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of That's where, been a common theme. That's been a pretty common theme yeah, that yeah. we've adopted for a number of years. And then when I went into last year, I just picked a couple of words. So my words were dreams, sharpen and goats. Mm. Right. So go and like. That's not a goat. No, that's not a goat. That's a that's yeah. a Scottish yeah. Highland yeah. cow. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I know. I've got, I've got it for you. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> Ali. Yeah. But when I look at that, it was it was themes, right? So I wanted to sharpen sort of my mind, my body, spirit, skills that I'd maybe neglected a little bit over the last mm. year. Um, dreams. I wanted to pursue dreams of my own, but then also have an impact on helping others in pursuing their dreams, right? Mm. Things like recalibrate and all of those things that we're working on. Mm. Um, and then goats was just being in the orbit of people that are just masters of their craft, like yourself, mm. you know, athletes, people in business, spirituality, whatever it was, you mm. know, experiencing some of the, you know, like amazing art forms and restaurants and all these things where I felt like art and magic's happening. And you've done so much of that this year. You've been pretty aligned, yeah. right, on that, on that point. And, mm. and when I go into the next year, I think now, it's, it's nearly a little bit, like I, I'll go back to the start of it, it's around energy, Mm. energy and more internal so what how do i actually master myself further yeah so that i can align more with my vision and my purpose would peace be one of those words too yeah peace like just mm. energy impact maybe like you know just having a nourished body mind and spirit mm. so that as i'm going on that journey towards my vision mm. the quality of that process is as amazing as it can be mm. Right, because I think that's the other thing as well. Sometimes when you focus too much on external visions yeah. or goals, and then the outcomes, you can sometimes get there and achieve them, but the fulfillment just doesn't exist because the quality of that process wasn't right there. And I think that's what I really learned from the goats part of my vision, which is goats is greatest of all time, mm. right? Like masters of their craft is, I think, to have sustained levels of excellence for a very long period of time. You see people that go about it in a very nourished. And I don't know, I keep going back to that word energy. Like mm. there's a pure form of energy there. Yeah. For very long-term success, I think. That that wasn't one word. No. Yeah, that was a no, lot of words. That was a lot of words. Yeah, you said yeah. you started well, off with it was going to be one no. word and then you yeah, just I, went I on this. You said and you went on this, ramble, yeah. You wanted this enlightened yeah. spiel. Yeah, sorry yeah. about no, that. No, that was nice. That was yeah. nice. But, um, but I mean, that's someone who has quite a clear vision on mm. what they want for 2024. Yeah, a little bit. I don't have that. Yeah. I think I've got three words mm. and it's actually three words. Okay. Let's see if it's three. Small, like- giant, <laughs> simplicity. Mm. Good. Those are the three. Yeah, nice. I don't know. I don't know exactly oh, how- so now you're going to explain that with more words. No, 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 no. no, no. That, that's it. No, those are the three words. Those are the three words. <laughs> no, explain it. Well, 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 it's it's those are the three words because I don't exactly know what else there is. I don't yeah. know. How, I haven't got all the other yeah. colors yet. Yeah. And I'll explain it. Sure. <laughs> small, small giant is just, I, I acknowledge now that moving forward, mm. it's not about getting bigger and more complex yeah. because with more people, if you build the team, it becomes more complex. Mm-hmm. And maybe again, I just want to acknowledge that could be a limiting mindset that I have, mm-hmm. but that's what I believe to be true at the moment. Yeah. The more people you have, the more complex it gets mm-hmm. and the more structure. And I don't want that. So I want to be a small giant. And if you don't know what a small giant is, listen to our last podcast episode, which we covered the book Small Giants, which I think is fantastic. 
So I want to remain small, but I want to be mighty. Mm-hmm. And that's the giant component that just because you're small doesn't mean you miss out on impact or anything. You yeah. still have impact, but we're going to choose to stay small, yeah. which means saying no a lot. And then simplicity is I don't want to do too many things. Mm. I don't want to do too many things. You know, one of the reasons why, for those of you who aren't watching, there's like a little soft toy here that Ali bought me for my birthday. And it's a, it's a Highland Scottish cow yeah. is because... <laughs> my, my family and I were able to just, you know, we've got a block of land and every time Ali buys me something, somehow I end up getting the actual thing in real life. Really good vision. <laughs> yeah, it's a vision. Good at your vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like one of the things he, he, he got me early on was he got me a, um, he got me a Jeep, like a little Jeep toy. Lego. And then, you know, Lego yeah. Jeep toy. And then for those of you who are, who are listeners of the podcast, you'll know this. And then I ended up like six months later getting like an actual Jeep. Yeah. And like, it's one of my favorite things in my life. We go camping with it and everything. And then now he gets me this, uh, this Highland cow. <laughs> and then I think in six months, we're going to get a cow. Yeah, and he said he'd pay for the cow too. So we're yeah, definitely going to do it. Yeah, definitely wasn't going to pay for the Jeep, but maybe we can get a cow happening. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually quite an affordable cow. So yeah, you, you, you've got to you do it. Yeah, yeah, but thank you. But, but I love that. Them, it's like, oh. But isn't that funny? Because this is also a symbol of yeah. vision, right? Yeah. And, and the reason why I bring it up during simplicity is mm. I... The reason my family and I have that block of land is I, I, I want to I, I seek a simpler life. You know, I, I want to be able to do what I do with work and have mm-hmm. that intensity. But then I want a, a, a part of my life where, and this is going to sound really weird to some people, but I think I want to learn how to garden next year. Mm. Yeah, I want to learn how to do gardening yep. and to enjoy and being out in nature and how to become farmer. Yeah, mm. I want to wear overalls mm. and everything. Yeah. And I just want to learn a, a simpler way of life yeah. to balance out the complexity that I experience in the entrepreneurial path. Mm. I want to balance that out. I want simplicity. I love the complexity. I do enjoy it. I love problem solving and everything, but I want simplicity too. I want to find that balance. And I think in a way in me doing that, it's also finding my own version of peace. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like like even when like you say that, yeah. it sounds like you're just looking again, it's try to enjoy that journey a little bit yeah, more. And yeah, yeah. Because even when you think about small giants, mm. you potentially relate to that. Because it's like, yeah, I still want to be super impactful, but mm. you don't want the weight or the overhead or unnecessary complexity mm. that sits there. So you can have space and time yeah. to do gardening and spend time with your family and be on the farm. Related to something yeah. that also Arnie says. He says, walk. Yeah. Oh. Just walk. Go for walks and just that, allow yeah. yourself to think yeah. and think and dream. Yeah. And I think that, that that's kind of said later in the book, but I think it kind of deserves to be in the first chapter as well because- well, when do you think – like this is the crazy thing. This is something I read from Earl Nightingale years ago. And Earl Nightingale, he says, something that most people don't do anymore – and he wrote this back in the early 1900s. He wrote, something that people don't do anymore is just think. Mm. Think about what your life could be. Think about where you want to go. And I thought, wow, that's such a beautiful thing. Now You're pointing to something. Did you have something that's no, all written on that? Yeah, just a quote. It's like, it is only ideas gained from walking that have any worth. Wow. What about ideas while you're running? <laughs> that was <laughs> right. a big call by Arnold. Yeah, that was it's a big call. It's a big call. I've had some brilliant ideas in the shower too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, but I, I, I understand the, the sentiment. The sentiment. Like, yeah, I understand that. Mm. Yeah. But I do love you, that. Do you do much of that? Walking? Walk, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish I did more. But yeah, 100%. Mm. Like playing golf is oh. one of those forms where I think that's why I really love golf as a sport is because it's one of the few things where you've got four hours walking. 
Whereas <laughs> probably not going to go for a four hour walk. Never. Otherwise, I've, I don't think I've ever gone for a four hour walk. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah. So, and it was one of my favorite things of the pandemic. I actually missed the pandemic because of it. Because wow. we're only allowed to do like four or five things and walking was one of them. And I'm like, what? We're only allowed to walk for two hours. I'm going to walk for two and a half. And it's wow. like, like this reverse psychology. <laughs> Break the law. Yeah. Breaking the rules. Yeah. But yeah, I think. Final things. No, but walking's amazing. You know, it's, mm. I think it is a really, it's, it's, it's a core, core component that's linked to our well-being and happiness. Do you think walking by yourself is important? Well, if you want to walk for, say, thinking and yeah, you should walk by yourself and stuff like that, then yeah. probably maybe by yourself. But yeah. In saying that, though, I know, like, remember reading about Steve Jobs and a few others. Mm. He'd, he'd have all these meetings while he's walking. He'd walk mm. around the campus and that's Tim Ferriss does it. that too. Yeah. A lot of people believe in the walking meeting. Mm. I think also in terms of connection, it's a pretty good way to like, go back to golf. When you're sitting there and you're walking with other people and you're outdoors in nature, just changes the whole energy and the vibe of that experience. Mm. Like the way that, that you can build connections and stuff. It, it does something to you, I think, on a subconscious level, mm. whether you're walking by yourself or, or yeah, I think just nature in general as well. Mm. Mm. Right? Like, I don't think it's just the act of walking. Like, say, for example, if you're just walking on a treadmill, mm. I don't think that's the same as walking. No, that's, a, a, that, that's walking for exercise. Right. That's cardiovascular kind right. of training, right? So, mm. yeah. Well, I, I just want to wrap yep. the first point together yeah. and say to, to everyone that I, I think. One of the most powerful things you could probably do mm-hmm. and one of the most brilliant pieces of wisdom from this book is go for a walk. Think about what you want your vision to be for 2024 and just write down words that come up for you. And these words don't even have to connect with each other. Just write them down and then color them in basically like we did in this little segment now where I just said the words small giant and then simplicity. You said yeah. many, many words yeah. and then you extrapolated <laughs> on it and then you colored them all in. Yeah. I think that's that's such a great thing to do this time of the year because now you can have some kind of structure as you move into 2024, even if it's unclear. Yeah. And don't have the expectation that it's going to be clear. Know that clarity comes in time. But start with almost the, the, the outline of the picture and then you can color it in after. Yeah. And I think also just as a bit of a step-by-step practical framework for this that you can mm. maybe play around with is – Spend five minutes, close your eyes, have maybe a notepad sitting there, see what comes to you. Then from there, you could then also set just one simple goal. One of the things that he does speak about in this is to make that vision a little bit more pragmatic. And I think often people don't want to maybe look inside for their vision because they just don't have enough evidence that it's worth going to that point. Mm. Right. There's there's an element here, I think, around fear and self-confidence for a lot of people mm-hmm. where sometimes it can be scary to dream and to have a vision because there's a level of doubt that if I dream this thing, I'm just going to be disappointed because I'm not actually going to follow through or do anything with it. Mm. So setting a little goal or just a simple action to get some momentum, that's also going to help you color in that vision as you go down this journey as well. I think mm-hmm. he speaks about that. It's like we get momentum and we get more confidence as we keep walking through more doors. Mm. Right? And they're achieving just little wins here, whether it's- It's evidence. Reading the first 10 pages of that book. Mm. You know, and, and if you really can't, if you're struggling with vision, yes, write down the first things that come to your mind, but then go look for inspirations. Mm-hmm. Right? Start with the inspirations that are coming in. Yeah. Things that you see, whether it's on social media, whatever it is, and just make note of that. Mm. Don't judge it. 
And it's clues. S- Look for clues. And then if you can attach some sort of action yeah. or a small goal to that, mm. that's maybe the first step yeah. to then head down that path. Oh, I like that. Mm. I like how pragmatic you just made that. <laughs> and and don't be afraid to have a vision that's greater than than what you feel is possible for you right now. That's right. I think that's, that's one of the most endearing things about Arnie is that he grew up in mm. Austria, right, in a village where no one ever dreamed about more than raising cattle. Yeah. Right. And he, his dad's thoughts of him being a bodybuilder, he, his dad was saying stuff like, no, 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 like be, be, again, be more useful to the people around you. You raising those cows or you raising the cattle, you know, you helping fix your neighbor's homes, that's more valuable. Whereas he was dreaming about being a bodybuilder on Venice Beach in Los Angeles. So I think, I think give yourself that little bit of permission this time of the year, you know, dream a little. Give yourself permission to write a, a vision that kind of scares you a little bit because that's something that Arnold says too. And you don't have to complete it in six months or 12 months. You can have a vision yeah. sitting there for 10 years, 20 years, and you mm. can just slowly work and build up to it. Mm. Keep coloring it in. It's cool. It's one of the things that make make the hard times easier to get through is when mm. your vision is strong enough to pull you through it. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. If your vision is too small, sometimes what happens with that is then you just can't be bothered getting out of bed because it's like, hey, what's the point? What's the, you know? It's a great way to, you know, if you get stuck in the weeds yeah. and life's getting a little bit reactive mm. or overwhelming, if you have some statements or like some words like this that you can go back to, mm. for me personally, I just go back to that. That's how I pull myself out and mm. above the weeds. And then I could be like, okay, well, let's go back to the vision. Mm. How aligned am I with the vision right now? Mm. How can I simplify the vision a little bit mm. and the actions? And then I can work there to sort of get out of the weeds. Mm. And you can get trapped in there a little bit. Yeah. We get trapped in the little loops and a year flies by or five years fly by and it's like, well, how do I end up here? And I think that's because we're not going back to our vision. That's what we, we teach a lot in the recalibrate process is we've now got a framework here where you can constantly keep going back to it. It's like not having a, a destination in mind and then you just end up going Floating. wherever you want and you don't follow the GPS yeah. and then you just end up lost and then you think, oh, no, I'm not capable. I don't know where yeah. to go. Well, well yeah. at some point you did know where to go. You just, you didn't go back to that. You didn't continually go back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which kind of ties in nicely with the, the second chapter, which was never think small. Mm. I love that. I mean, just like we said, don't think small. Give yourself permission to dream. Yeah. I've said this so many times. It's, it's one of my videos that went the most viral on social media was just talking about giving yourself permission to dream. Mm. I think one of the reasons it kind of went viral is that people people really connected with that. I think we, it's again, one of, um, I love this quote by Will Smith where he said, the, the quickest path to mediocrity, the quickest path to, oh no, being realistic is the quickest path to mediocrity. Mm. I really like that. So I think, you know, this is the best time of the year again to really start to give yourself that permission and freedom to dream up some dreams that scare you a little bit. Yeah. Ooh. When I was reading this chapter, I was just thinking about you. Because mm. I think you're one, of the, you're one of the few people that I know in life that you do. I don't know if you, you verbalize your big dreams that strongly, mm. but you do execute very big dreams. You- right? And I was wondering like how your process, because you don't like, you don't sit there. You're not one of those people. You're like, oh, one day I'm going to do this, this, and this. I've never mm. heard, like over the last 10 years that I've known you, mm. you've never been someone that's like, 
oh man, I've got this big grand idea and I'm going to do this and it's going to hit these numbers and it's going to happen like this and play out. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like I probably do more of that for you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. in a way. But you're just like, yeah, it wouldn't matter if you said that or not. I was just yeah. probably just going to go, just keep chipping away at what I'm doing <laughs> right now. And then you end up at some ridiculous destination. Yeah. But it's never surprising. It's well, like, well, how? Well, it's really weird, right? Because we'll talk about this in the car. Yeah. We're talking about this in the car on the drive down to the studio. And it was when I when I left America to come back home to Adelaide, I I felt like that's it. Mm. I peaked in America. That was the best years of my life. I was on stage speaking to 10,000 people for the Fortune 500 companies. Now I've left all of that. And I'm going back home to Adelaide where everybody else in Australia thinks it's a piece of crap to live in Adelaide. And you were shocked that I had teeth. You know, it was like, it was like we always get teeth for those of us in Adelaide. And I came back to my, my hometown and I remember feeling really down because – when I came back to my own hometown, there was a bridge that was being built before I left. And when I came back, it was still being built. <laughs> and I kind of went, how are they still building this bridge? This is crazy. And things just haven't changed. Nothing has changed. Everything's looked the same. Yet? No, I think the bridge is done now. The bridge is done now. Yeah, because during COVID, no cars, they had a lot of time. And I was just, I felt really down. And I remember saying to my, my friends, I said to Dan, I said to, to my close friends, I said to them, I want to dream again mm. because for a couple of years there during COVID, I stopped dreaming. I stopped, man. I stopped thinking big. I stopped allowing myself to think big. And, and you're right. I, I often don't verbalize a lot of my dreams because I'm scared to. Because, you know, there is such thing as telling the wrong people about your dreams. Yeah. Because you could, you could tell the world about it. And yeah, sure, yeah. I know there's scientific evidence behind <laughs> yeah. publicly announcing something that holds you more accountable. But you also got to understand that sometimes voicing your dreams, people will tear it down, which is yeah. connected to the second point. Because he goes, you have to ignore the naysayers. But then the reason why I don't share it, Ali, is that when I don't share it, the naysayers don't exist. That's right. No one can talk my dream down when no one knows what it is. <laughs> I, like it. I think there is an element. I know yeah. everyone says it's like when you have a dream, you've got to shout it. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. I yeah. think the real big ones sometimes, yeah. you've got to hold them sacred. Well, I, I only tell my bit. very internal circle, yeah. which you're obviously not yeah. a part of. That's yeah. why you don't know, which is why, why you don't do you know ever, about it. Why do you always do these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we do a pod like for hours. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I you just, I always, always keep my enemies in an arm's length. Yeah. You know, I keep them close. You're being really mean to everyone, you know, today. What the hell's yeah, going like, on? Like usually a really nice was, guy. This is well, um, this is know. quite a brutal. You've been, you've been pretty nice to Dan, <laughs> I guess. Bought, you bought like, me a cow yeah, and all. Yeah, I know, but yeah, I still <laughs> mean like, to. Yeah, no, like, but like, that, I mean, I think that's why I don't share it yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I double downing on it. <laughs> I just like it because you yeah. thought I was ending, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah, still, no, I was that still was attacking. Really good. Yeah. You put your shield yeah, down, yeah, and I shanked you. No, my shield was up. I got you all the time. But I was just already bleeding out. Yeah, your shield was really dead. You already did. It wasn't yeah, necessary. That's fine. Yeah, but that's 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 again yeah. Yeah. why I think I don't share it. Yeah, is because yeah. I don't have to deal with naysayers. Yeah, when the naysayers don't know about mm-hmm. my dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> no no, but uh, yeah, that that that's really all that there is to it. Uh, I think. Yeah. I deal with naysayers enough already. <laughs> so, all right. So on the other side, when <laughs> yeah. you're then thinking about how do you think big then? So when you are going for these big and ah, okay. you're on these big journeys and, you know, like, because even I think about your story as yeah, well, yeah. very similar to Arnold, like, you've done transformations. Mm. 
you've gone from magician yeah, to yeah. speaker to you know yeah sort of into the virtual and online world and mm. you have transformed multiple times mm-hmm. how do you actually go through that process for people that are listening out there and they're looking at maybe transforming or changing their path it's something we've already talked about on the pod and step one would just be look at life in chapters mm. Just really acknowledge that life happens in chapters and your whole life doesn't just have to be one chapter on repeat over and over and over again. Give yourself permission at a certain point to go, you know what? End of chapter one. And then start chapter two. And don't feel like chapter two has has to link to chapter one. It can be a completely different chapter. So I think, again, I I now fully give myself that permission to in this next chapter of life, I want to learn gardening i want to learn about farming i want to learn how to raise animals right which is so far out of my comfort zone because i spend the majority of my time indoors Mm -hmm. this is going to have to you know require a lot of change in me so first thing life is a book it has many chapters allow yourself to write many exciting chapters that are not closely linked second thing is actually schedule time to dream schedule time to do that and I love doing it in the mornings. You know, I love the text you wrote to me this morning. You mm. said, one of, the biggest changes, one of the biggest changes for 2024 for me is I want to wake up earlier. Mm. You now have tapped into my world, bro. Mm. I get up around five most days of the year. And I love getting up early before the rest of my family, before because I've got an apartment in the city right now. I'm looking out to the city. I go, no one's awake yet. I can see the whole of my city and all the lights are still off. And then that's when you dedicate a good, 30 minutes just to writing out some dreams, some audacious stuff. I've got a section in my journal. I I write my journal from front to back, but then I write dreams from back to front. Mm. So on the back to the front, I just ridiculous things that I write. And that's just for me. I don't, you know, I'm kidding. I don't share that with Dan. I don't share it with any of you guys. I don't even share it with Pei Wen. I just write down really audacious Mm. stuff there. And, but, but here's, here's a really pragmatic tip for you. So A, get up early and do that. B, while you're doing that, play some really, beautiful instrumental music that is the backing track of inspiring moments that happen in movies shortcut for you just look for Hans Zimmer's playlist (laughs) and then while you're finding that basically it's playing the playlist to the the pursuit of happiness you know and and then you're listening to this upbeat track the sun slightly rising you've got the visual you've got the auditory and mentally now you're in a state where you feel as if you're living out a movie scene where you're writing out a dream Mm. And just allow yourself to dance and play in your imagination. Right? And then from all of that, after you've done that, where you can, and if you're courageous enough and you've developed that muscle, turn some of that into actions. Turn yeah. some of it literally into actions. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do to bring that dream into a reality? Yeah. Small steps. I think I now, fully, I now fully understand the power of small steps. I used to always look at those who take these big leaps of courage and do all these things as being the most inspiring thing. I've now learned that that's not me. Mm-hmm. I take just thousands of little tiny steps. Yep. And because I take them in a way that's invisible, after a couple of years, people go, wow, look at what he's been able to do. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it's because of all those little tiny steps that I've taken. Yeah. I think that's definitely something I've watched you do over a very long period of time is you don't cheat the game. Mm. You do put in the work. Mm. There's a lot of stuff there even with the level of success that you've achieved where I think a lot of other people that are playing a similar game to you, they maybe get, you know, I don't know if they stay, they stick to the roots as much as what you do, you know, where you really do learn every aspect of the game that you're playing and Mm. you go well beyond what I think most people really would. Yeah. And it's not just at the high level. 
you know, and it's not just throwing resources around and doing it the easy way. You mm. actually dig in there, you get a full understanding of it. And, and I've seen yeah. you do that over, like when I was reading this book, yeah. you know, like when Arnold's talking about all the reps and all that, mm. you do the reps mm. and you've done the reps for a very long period of time. So I think that muscle is built where now you're at the point where probably any area that you're really going to, you can get to that level of, you know, mastery pretty quickly, I think. Mm. No, is- I... I think a learning farming and gardening will still take me a damn long yeah, time, but-, but it's 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 more. I think I think one thing I missed out on saying there is focus. Yeah, I I don't have fifty different dreams, right? Yeah. I've got at most times one or two, keep it and then I keep dreaming about that one thing or second thing, mm-hmm. and then I I, I I I fill in all the details of the dream. It's like you know, I think I think it will freak you out how much I now know about like farming and and how to how to fertilize. Uh, you know, it's expected, how, yeah, and how much uh, I know about alpaca yeah, poo and why it's one of the best forms of poo in the world because <laughs> its poo can be directly used in gardens, whereas like cow, cow poo has to be you know has to go through a fertilization process, whereas, whereas you don't have yeah. to with alpaca poo. It's fantastic, dude. Yeah. And the alpacas are great because they only poo in one spot of your garden. Yeah. I told you that already, right? It's so cool they don't poo everywhere like freaking goats yeah. and and cows. They poo in one place it's so cool so then that means it's easier for you to harvest the the useful fertilizer yeah it's so good but again, again right. the thing is for all the yeah, it's great for all the listeners who have yeah. no desire yeah. to do any oh, that like, kind of stuff alpaca enthusiasts but, but <laughs> no, i love that bit but, but what i think is really important here as well is if you dream a thousand dreams they will just remain dreams mm. but if you dream one or two different things per chapter maybe even per three or four chapters they're gonna happen one one of the one of the greatest YouTubers, uh, he reviews tech. Ah, I keep forgetting his whole name. Peter. So MK MK MKBHD. I'm so sorry for being so disrespectful. But I, I watch his stuff from time to time. And one of the one of the interviews he did, they said, How did you become so successful as a YouTuber who reviews tech? And he says, Because I just do one thing. I just review tech. For the last 10 years, it's just been me reviewing tech. And he has this philosophy where he believes if you just do one thing and you only do one thing, you cannot fail at that one thing. You are inevitably going to become successful at that one thing. Whereas I think it's so easy in today's world to be distracted, Mm. disorientated, start one thing, take it to level 2.6, quit, start another new thing, take it to level 3.4, quit, start another thing, take it to level 1.1, quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's definitely, yeah, just as you were saying that, I love that approach because I think your approach is the one if anyone does follow it to that level, it is just proven and it will work. Yeah. Right, but then it's one of those things where it's so simple in its beauty, but not many people actually pursue it like that. It's compounding interest. It is. It's just- it's just yeah it's the small steps and having a vision is something that can help you go on that journey yeah, think, where you can then yeah. commit to it For because sure. my way as well when I when I think about how I've approached it it's probably mm. a little bit different mm-hmm. I go more like in the subconscious realm with visions and these things and I wait for timing and opportunity to intersect yeah. a lot of the time so I don't do as many of probably the reps I'd say yeah, but then once something feels like it's got, it's You're more strategic. like a, it's more intuitive as well. Yeah, if something feels right, yeah, then I'll jump on it. And to me, it's nearly like in my head, I want it to feel like, well, wow, that was unexpected. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't see that happen. And like even when we're doing this pod, right? Like I was thinking about it earlier today. This is not my world. 
And I it's sit, not my world either. But, but I'm sitting here with you. You're, you. It is a little bit more your world, though. Mm. Yeah, Communication, being a thought leader, having a big yeah. audience and mm, all that. Mm. And I'll sit there and I'm like, it's a pretty crazy reality. Mm. And I pinch myself a little bit that I get to sit here in this plat, you know, in this environment with you and we chat about books. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is a little bit of a pinch me thing. It's about timing and opportunity. Like I've done the reps for this. Yeah. Or like it wasn't like part of a big vision that was hunting and working towards. Definitely part of a vision, but like a really like nice to have mm. vision. And then it happened. But I think it happened more with like timing and opportunity and us meeting and chatting about books. Like all of these things. Like it nearly feels like, yeah, it wasn't like planned or deliberate. But now this beautiful thing's happened just it nearly feels like it's unfolded into it. I think that's why sometimes when I look at you, I'm like, man, it's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm like, like, the way I think about it, if we're both archers, right? Yeah. It's like I've shot a thousand arrows to be able to hit the bullseye. And I look over at you. You've got one arrow. You haven't been shooting this whole time. You're just waiting for the wind to be right. You're waiting for the right time. I'll miss a thousand times. No, no, but then then you take a shot and then it hits the bullseye and then you leave. And I'm like, son of a... Like, it's just... Like, I see you do things with such ease. You know, look, I've I've seen you work hard too. But I've also seen you move through this in such a... I think your genius is strategy. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like you are able to find... The least the you're able to find the most effective path with the least resistance. Mm. Whereas most people, when they find the I don't path, know if he's of, insulting me here. Or yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not insulting you, <laughs> but because because it's a genius in that yeah. when most people follow the path of least resistance, mm. that's a path towards mediocrity. Yeah. Whereas you've been able to create an incredible life for you and your family, but you've somehow managed mm. to find a way to achieve greatness. In a way that's not like blood, sweat, and tears, and David Goggins. Yeah, you know, yeah, you've been able to you've been able to achieve high performance as Eckhart Tolle. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's more on the other it's side. Like, yeah, it's, it's quite. It's Whereas quite, I, I'm I'm a little yeah. more Goggins. Like I I I do enjoy that. I do enjoy like the relentlessness. Yeah, I love, love intensity. Yeah. Like, Whereas, I've never seen you so happy. Like you're doing some masterclass the other day. Yeah. And the internet went out and then you like navigate and you're yeah, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. the happiest I've seen you like work-wise yeah. in the last six months because you're, I like, enjoy that. you're in the intense I, battle. Yeah. Whereas I would have just left that and like well, put no, a recording on or something. You're, and then come you're so surprising <laughs> because I, I like to, you know, and this is just yeah. me indulging myself yeah. in, in, in a beautiful metaphor yeah, for myself. This is, but I like thinking of myself. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I like to look at myself as a high-performance vehicle. Yeah. Let's say a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. I like to think of myself as like a high-performance vehicle. Yeah. You take me on the track and go hard. Mm-hmm. Whereas, And then while I'm on that track racing with other supercars, I see a Camry out there yeah. and you're keeping up pace yeah. with us. And I'm like, how is this Camry out here? How is this Toyota family well, maybe, four-door maybe, car? I thought maybe I'd get Tesla, like self-driving Tesla <laughs> no, no, or something. No, not Tesla. You're Camry. No, no, I got a, you're I got a Camry. Corolla yeah, now. Yeah, you just dropped one because you questioned it. Camry's reliable. Yeah, yeah. They last long. Yeah, but, no, I wish I was is, a Camry. But, <laughs> like, but the thing that's shocking is out there yeah. is a Toyota Corolla. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the backseat of an speed. Uber. That's what mine is. It's like, this is a But you know what I mean, yeah. though? That's yeah. what I mean is yeah. that it's always incredible what you're able to do with the resources that you have. Yeah. And it, I, I find that to be super inspiring. Mm. 
because out of all the high performers I know, you are the one that enjoys life the most on the way. Hmm. Whereas the majority of the high performers I know sacrifice quality of life for that high performance. And I would say if I didn't meet you, I would have very easily become that person Hmm. that, you know, again, the Goggins, right? Who's going to carry the boats? Yeah. Right, I, I would always be that. Just always, who's, who's going to carry the boat? You're like, man, let other people do it, bro. You're like, I don't even have a boat. You know, it's like, it's just so crazy we that stay on land. Yeah, yeah, you just go. Well, you nah. just stay on land. No, nah, well, that's. That I think fun. it's really cool. I think nah, you, so. you, you've really mastered high performance mm-hmm. in a way that is wholesome. Yep. And and you've taught me that along the way. And straight back at you. Yeah. yeah. I think you've shown me what additional levels of mastery look like yeah yeah. right so i think there's always that that trade there but yeah i think i've definitely learned that mm. and probably doing doing a few more reps than what i would have done yeah yeah you're you're pretty uh pretty riced up toyota Cor- corolla <laughs> it's pretty sick you've right, got a damn good got, engine got in neon there lights and stuff yeah, yeah yeah you're not a v4 yeah, no. you know you've got a v6 though. in there so inspiring yeah it's yeah. <laughs> well again Let's go back to the book and stop praising each other because yeah. that's a little bit gross. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was praising. Yeah, it could be a rise up. You're a crawler. You got like neon lights underneath yeah, your car, yeah. and they're like pulsates yeah. to the music yeah. as you drive. Pretty much just saying I'm a polished turd. <laughs> yeah. Realistically, I like, couldn't, couldn't afford a real sports car. Like I just had to rise up my crawler. <laughs> it actually sounds like my first cars. <laughs> uh, well, it's on well, brand. Look. This is a line. Chapter two is never think small. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think if you have been thinking small, it's okay. Mm. I think a lot of the times in society, we get groomed to do so because thinking small is what? Thinking small is being safe, is being secure. And, you know, not to harp on like an old man. Every time I say this stuff, I feel like an old man because this is, mm-hmm. I feel like this is what old men say. Yep. When you realize you only get to live this life once, do, do you really want a completely secure and safe life? I, I, I don't think so. I think it, it's like the analogy I have. Sorry to use so many car analogies, but it's like <laughs> if I've got a car, if I know that at the end of this game, I have to return the car and give the car back, I'm not going to give the car back in perfect condition. I'm, I, I'm not going to care if there's dents in it. I'm going to drive the hell out of it and I'm going to give it a good go. It's like something I always say to my friends and my family. I say this all the time to them nowadays. They're sick of it. But it's, man, if we only get to do this once, let's taste all the damn flavors. Mm. Let's taste it all. No. So, I, so, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you have been playing a little safe, that's okay. Next year and as we move into 2024, give yourself that permission to do something that scares you a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And don't think small. Maybe it's to do with your health. Maybe it's to do with your finances. Maybe it's to do with your work or your family life or the holidays you want to go on. Don't think small with that. Even as you're saying that, I think it's the ultimate form of growth. Mm. It's when we overcome something that does scare us a little bit. Yeah. Right? Like it's all well and good, like going to the gym and reading a book and taking those smaller steps. Mm. Right? Like most New Year's resolutions start like that. It's going to be some habit change or all that. Absolutely. Take the small steps. But- you really get energized when you do that thing that you've been putting off that's linked to fear or doubt mm. or things that, yeah, courage. And I think when you can tick that box to yourself, that's when we feel like, oh, now what else can I do? Mm. Right? Like you don't get that if you just do the safe things. Like, yeah, listening to a podcast is awesome and doing a few of these things. They're, they're like the building blocks. Mm. But at some moment, there's going to be that thing where you just have to take a little bit of a leap 
in that space of uncertainty and just see how you go in that. Hmm. Right. And that probably is the difference between those that do pursue visions and those that don't. You know, and I was just thinking more about when you were talking about that. That's one of the things that where I think we are both similar is that we have a higher tolerance for failure. I think than maybe most do. Like I we don't care like if something doesn't play out yeah. perfectly. We'll figure it out on the way. And I think there's a general level of optimism and a positive outlook on life where we get lemons and we'll try to turn them into lemonade as Mm. much as we can. Mm. And I think if you have that just as an internal mindset, whereas it's very easy, especially in the world that we live in right now, that when things happen to us, what's the first thing a lot of people do? Blame someone else. Mm. It's the government's fault. It's, I didn't do this. Somebody stitched me up. Like all of that. Like if you're in that mindset, Mm. it's going to be really hard. Like that nearly is the counterbalance to probably pursuing dreams and thinking big. Like people that think big and pursue dreams and whether they're doing it the way you do it, the way I do it, they've got more of a forward momentum yeah. towards whatever that is. And when the hurdles come, it's like, haha, you just laugh at it. It's mm. like, whatever, that's just part of the game. Mm. It's part of that journey. It's not going to be, it's not like I think Arnold speaks about in the book. Well, if you don't actually climb up Everest and you just get helicoptered up to the top, doesn't have the same effect or experience yeah. you know it's not really like that fulfilling mm. and that's what we learned we spoke about the journey earlier on that's what the journey's about mm. it's it's what you learn about yourself i think as you embark on that journey and how far do you actually want to push that while you do have this one life with what you said on failure i don't think arnold specifically spoke about this but i think he embodies it mm. and it's what jocko willink talks about i think arnold is the kind of person that takes full ownership for his own success yeah. and failure and failure yeah it's full ownership he never blames anyone it's full ownership. there was a, there was a story in the book where Extreme he talked ownership. about he talked about he went for heart surgery mm-hmm. and when yeah. he went for heart surgery yeah. the surgeons kind of stuffed up and almost killed him it was meant to be a small keyhole surgery and then when he opened his eyes they said hey arnold we stuffed up um we're gonna have to open up your whole heart and chest now to do really dangerous surgery and then after they did the surgery he was lucky he survived most people don't survive this and then he goes people always asked him you know are you going to sue the surgeons and he goes no i'm not going to Mm. i knew the risks that i was taking and people are human Mm. it's okay and the fact that he didn't sue yeah just goes to show that and, and you nearly died i think i think it's easy to say these things and take full ownership for you whatever right it's easy to say these things but in the on the brink of death he still lived by this, which is so, I respect him so much for that man mm-hmm. because he just goes to show he's actually a really compassionate, he's actually very forgiving and he actually takes full ownership of his own journey. Yeah. I made the decision to get this surgery. I knew the risks involved. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's full take. Whereas it's, I, I don't know, I don't know about myself. If that happened, I... I feel like I, I'm, I'm not that enlightened and I would have blamed the surgeons, at least blamed them. But it was amazing to see that he didn't even blame them. It, it's probably the greatest pathway to freedom. Not is, to blame people? Is to take full, full responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, full on. Because a lot of the times, especially if we're in our minds and our egos and stuff, mm. we only want to take responsibility for the good things. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's like, hey, 
did this or I won it was all me amazing but, but, but then something bad happens like oh, that's Vince's fault mm, <laughs> right <yeah. laughs> if Vince just sort of stepped it up that day it would have been a little bit better but yeah when, when, I, when we're winning like uh, I was amazing but yeah. yeah it's that is I think how you truly do get to freedom because mm-hmm. once you are responsible and you and you, you realize this and again you know going back maybe into the world of the spiritual a little bit but that's what it's ultimately about. It's about all beings are connected. Everything's kind of interrelated. Mm. We're all part of this. So when we start separating ourselves, that's maybe when we don't really feel that freedom. And I think responsibility is just a very big controllable that we have where, yeah, it's like something good happens, something bad happens. Even though I might not have wanted it, it might not have been my preference, it can still ultimately become your responsibility. Mm. You know, like if a close one, somebody close to you dies or passes away or you lose your business, you obviously don't want that outcome. Yeah. But it is part of your life. And then you have a choice whether you're going to assume responsibility for that or not. Mm. Are you going to run away from it or will you actually step into it and then let it teach you something or help you grow in some way? And that's what I think people like Arnold embody as well. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to have the hurdles. I'm going to have the setbacks. I'm going to have Mm. the naysayers. But they just keep kind of navigating through that, knowing that it's all part of it and they're responsible for all of it if that's their mindset. Yeah, I think it's I think it's such a powerful mindset. And mm. I, I like that you linked it to freedom because mm. I never thought about it linking, taking full ownership to freedom before. That's a really good connection. That's a really good connection. Mm-hmm. What One quick thought I had here that I didn't say in the, yeah. in the naysayer section is that he says, ignore the naysayers because they have never done anything big themselves. Yeah. Otherwise, they would be encouraging you instead. That's very true. That's a pretty cool statement. I yeah. had to just no. throw that one in there. Again, it's yeah. ignore the naysayers. It's because they've never done anything big themselves. It's why they're naysayers. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would be encouraging you. You think about all the people that encourage you in your life. They tend to be the people who've done things. Yeah. They tend to be the people who didn't think small had big vision for themselves. And they're the ones encouraging you to think bigger, right? And then you think about who the naysayers are. Mm -hmm. They tend to be the people who play it really safe and haven't really done anything. And it's okay. Like I I look at that with more empathy now. I don't look at that and go, oh, damn you, you naysayer. It's kind of, ah, damn it. That kind of sucks. You don't have someone in your life to be able to open up your mind to the possibilities of what this life can be. Also, naysayers are a beautiful form of motivation. Like if you yeah, truly I mean, he believe uses it, it as a beautiful form of motivation. Like I, yeah. I agree though too. Like I remember when we were starting Future Golf, mm-hmm. so many naysayers. Like <laughs> yeah. like this idea will never work. Young people yeah, will never yeah. play golf. It's not going to happen here. Like yeah. they're going to get into all the clubs and all that. And that's a beautiful thing to actually test how strong your vision is. Mm. Right? Because if you're sitting there and while you're getting those rebuttals to your vision or your dreams or whatever, mm-hmm. but you're still relatively comfortable to keep pursuing it, mm. and you go down that path anyway, it's probably a sign that you're you're aligned with your vision. Because if everyone's just all around you and they're like, hey, that's a great idea, Vin. You should definitely do it. You're like, well, yeah, well, I was going to do it. Yeah, I was going to do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. But, but the, the actual story, <laughs> it's really better when you've got the naysayers, right? As you look at it and you sort of play it out. That connects to his chapter four where he yeah. says, sell, sell, sell. You have to learn how to sell. Yeah. And the first person you have to sell your vision on is yourself. Right. So I think naysayers allow you to validate your own vision. Can you keep rebutting? Can you keep can, countering well, it? Well, when they, well, I don't even think you yeah. need to rebut it or even counter it. It's more in the face of the naysayers, as they naysay, mm-hmm. are you able to go, well, thanks for your opinion, yeah. and keep going? Because if you can, that means, yeah, you've got a pretty solid vision there. Mm. 
That's oh, that's really cool. I like that. Well, I mean, chapter three. Yep. All right, chapter three. Work your ass off. Mm-hmm. I love the way he titles stuff. Love the way he talks about his lessons. Yeah. Working your ass off is that's my jam. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. But I think you've taught me something because again, Arnold's philosophy of this is <laughs> his famous quote is. You can't climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pockets. <laughs> I love his quotes. The yeah, it's got a great analogy. It's got a great analogy. Well, it depends. Yeah. I've, I've seen people um, from Circus Soleil climb the ladder of success with yeah. their hands in their pockets. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, I think something that I'm going to add on to this one is something you've taught me. I think something you've taught me that has been really awesome is that I used to just work hard and then I'd get okay levels of achievements and okay progress. But one of the coolest things that I've learned from you in the last few years is you've helped me understand strategy and the power of strategy. Because I used to just work hard with no strategy. I really did, man. And I think I would accidentally achieve success. Because I just kind of, like, again, I I shoot a thousand arrows. One of them gets in. I'm like, yeah. Then that means I'll just shoot 20,000 arrows and I'll get 20 in, (laughs) right? And that's the kind of way I approached it. But this is It works. It does work. It does work. (laughs) But this is one of the first years, I would have to say, where I fully understood the lesson you've taught me with strategy. This year has been one of the most highly strategic years of my life. And it's because of you. So then now I've been able now to reduce the intensity. But when I'm intense, I still get really intense. Yeah. So I'm able to reduce the time at which I'm intense. But the frequency of the arrows going in, yeah. it has increased significantly. But that's because I'm now not just working harder. I first learned how to work smarter. Then I continue to work harder. And that's what changed everything. It's a crazy combination it's a crazy combination but i didn't have this combination before you watching you play that game of your work ethic mixed with just a little your strategy like a little bit more strategy it's like it's pretty crazy it was so cool to see well it it flips stuff for me as well i'm like i just gotta work a little bit harder (laughs) this strategy it's But, uh, yeah, but that's bad. Working hard, like strategy is easier than working hard. Like that's no, the, that's strategy the, is hard. You see, working hard is easy, right? So it's funny how we we kind of we so, we're both yeah, we need to the spectrum. This is where we come in, yeah. like together on it. But yeah, like it's yeah. But I think any yeah, any doubts I had on that mixture anyway, watching mm. you play that game over the last sort of twelve months, it's, yeah, a- it's been inspiring to watch. To be honest, like what you've you know given that we are heading into the next year and yeah. you're joking at the start of the episode that you've peaked or whatever but like <laughs> no, I, still, I still think that <laughs> yeah i don't but it's a yeah it's it's mind-blowing just to see how that if, combination if we wrapped it up in a, in a sentence it's if you work hard without strategy it's aimless mm. and if you have strategy without working hard yeah it's pointless yeah it's useless. Yeah. Right? Nothing right. really eventuates. Mm-hmm. It's the combination of both. So that's why when I work, read this chapter about work your ass off, I'm like, wow. I've, I've always had a really good work ethic because of my mom and my dad. They really taught mm-hmm. me the, the, the work ethic necessary to make your dreams come true. You know, These, My mom and dad are people who left a war-torn mm-hmm. country, rebuilt their entire lives. And they only had one gear. And their gear was, we're just going to work really hard. 
Mm. Whereas I think, again, just, you know, wanted to say thank you, man. You've, you've always spoken about the importance of strategy. And I used to always look at your strategy like, mm. strategy. <laughs> yeah, like, nah. What is this? What, what is, is this, this esoteric strategy? term? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I think I've, I've finally learned how powerful it is. And, and oh, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I looked at this chapter. I thought of you a lot. I was like, wow. My hard work this year has been highly strategic because of you. No, dude. Well, just yeah. watching you play a game this year has been, mm. yeah, just a privilege and an honor. So, mm, no, any thanks, small man. part in that. But yeah, it's been awesome. You know, one, one of the other things this book talks about too is uh, pain, sacrifice. Mm. Pain and sacrifice is necessary for growth. Yeah. It's weird. I think I forgot about that. Yeah, I think I, again, it's it, lessons we need to continually learn over and over and over again is that if you want, I don't know, I don't think it's, I don't think you can avoid it if yeah. you want more growth. Hmm. You have to, you have, you have to go into that uncomfortable realm for, yeah. sure, for growth. Absolutely. I, I, I think it's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. It's like things went wrong this year for me. Like you mentioned before, the blackout, hmm. the blackout that we had. Hmm. It, or not even the blackout, but I, I, I'm now starting to teach in different ways online and I've, I've packaged my programs together in different ways and it meant there's more complexity. It meant that we had to let some people down. It meant people got upset, mm. all of these different things. Mm. But I kind of had to go through that in order to grow. Yeah. Otherwise, I could have just kept doing what I was doing and then nothing would have changed. It's kind of acknowledging as well that, man, climbing the ladder of success is often filled with pain and sacrifice. Yeah. And I'll nearly put there, there's nearly two components here of pain. There's probably aligned pain and then there's misaligned pain. Yeah, when there's useless pain, right? Yeah, like you don't want to just experience pain mm. for no reason or have it imposed on you where it's not going to give you that benefit. If well, you can, you want that pain to be in alignment with where you're heading. Yeah, well, he's got a line here that addresses that where he says, um, he goes, when you quit something, it destroys character. And in the same sentence, he says, and at the same time, enduring pain for no reason is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I love how blunt he is. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like, I love how like, just, it's true though. <laughs> and I think when you don't have a clear vision, yeah. when you don't have a clear plan, you could be suffering for no reason. Changing tact as well on that. I just saw a line just pop up on mine in this okay. chapter, which I just love. And it just reminds me of you a lot. It's like, do what you do what you say you're going to do and try to do it a little better than you said you would do it. Ooh, that's solid. That's that's solid. you. That's solid. That's your Kaizen philosophy. Well, I try to be that. Yeah. yeah. You never just stop. It's like, yeah. hey, this is, this is it. This is what we need to do. You're not like, oh, yeah, it's done now. You're like, what else? Yeah. There's always like a what else. And I love that mindset and that mentality you bring to everything that you do. Like it, it's not enough to just have a podcast. No, we need a studio. We need the lighting. We need it mm. to be edited. We need all, like it's always that. And I love how you're always pushing the boundaries there for excellence. Mm. Like it's cool. And and I think I love that line as well because a lot of the times we'll make promises and we don't deliver, right? Like to me, that's also a really good tagline mm. that when we say we're going to do something, do it. And then not only just do it. Follow through. Do it better. Do it better. Yeah, that's sick. Like, that's cool. That's, that's a really, really cool. Yeah. cool concept. Like I think mm. if you just did that one thing for a year <laughs> on everything. Your life would change. It would be massively Massive. transformative. Yeah. Like I highlighted this shit out. Showing up as a father, showing up as a husband, Whatever showing up as a son. Just, just do it better. If you make that yeah. promise yeah. or that wow, commitment, wow, wow, wow. Well, like you do that. it and then mm. do it a bit better. 
Mm. I love it. It's not just do it. Like people are just like yeah. deliver on your promises, but I love the do it better, better bit. bit. Yeah. That's the bit that that's innovation that you just added on to there in one Ooh, little I sentence. I like that. That's cool. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's a nugget. Thanks for bringing that one up. Damn. Mm. That's a good one. It, it's, well, it's interesting because if, if you ask me the question of why I do it better, because you didn't ask me, so I'm asking myself. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> why, why do I always want to iterate? Why do I always want to change things up and, and, and improve things, right? It's because if I didn't, Ali, I'd get bored. Get bored. Hmm. Like, what's the alternative? Because, I mean, we all know what happens when we just eat chicken and broccoli for more than one meal. If you eat it five meals in a row, you are so bored of the meal, man. Let alone imagine doing the same thing every single day and not improving it at all. Yeah. I think my biggest thing is that if if I no longer want to improve something, it also means I no longer want to do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If, mm. if, if I no longer try to find ways to improve our podcast, if I no longer want to try to find ways to improve my online course then it signifies the end of that chapter for me. Yeah. It means I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm. You know, I, 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 that's just how I think of yeah. life. Anything that I do, I continually want to improve on it because I continually want to be excited by it. That's cool. If I don't do it, if I don't, if, yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, why are you playing the game? It's like, it's like imagine someone sitting there playing the same game for 30 years and you're sitting there, you're watching them play the game. They're, like, they're playing a, like a, a video game. They're playing it and they're yawning, they're hating it and they're tired and, they're and you're like, hey man, why are you playing the game? Yep. Oh, I just, you know, I'm just going to keep playing the game. It's like, well, why? Yeah. And what There's I no like fun that, in that, right? There's a deeper level of wisdom in what you just said there. We get to choose the quality of energy and effort that we bring to anything that we do. Mm. Right? It's never the thing that we're doing that doesn't have the opportunity to increase quality into it. It's our approach towards it. Right. Right? Like you can have, you might sit there and be like, oh, I've been in the same job for 10 years or whatever. But imagine if you just go there next week or at the start of the year or whenever it is after. And you approach it differently. Yeah. And you just approach it differently. You're now in control of how that game's played. Yeah. So all the energy that it's sapping or that boredom that you feel in all that. It's just in your approach. As you were saying that, very, I'm like, it's very clever. internally driven. Whereas mm. you've got this inbuilt mindset towards nearly anything that you do, right? Mm. Whether it's going to be gardening next year, whether it's farming or whatever, you're going to have that same approach. Mm. So it doesn't really matter what you end up doing with that mindset. You're going to infuse quality with the approach. into it yeah. and energy into it so that it will turn into something, right? Because it's more your mindset and your approach to it. Mm. Whereas a lot of the time, I think, due to a variety of different circumstances, we just start calling it in, you know, and that's, that's people's general approach a lot of the time is I'm just going to go to my job, I'm going to finish my shift and I'm going to go back home. And then every now and again, you'll see that person like, you know, even walking through the airport, like there was just one staff member today, there was four staff members on the plane when I flew in here this morning. Mm. You could tell there was three or four just sort of doing their job. Yeah. And then there was this, this one lady just like so energized, so mm. engaged, like, you know, somebody's bottle of water was leaking in the plane. She's like moving stuff around and like talking and making jokes and doing all these things. Wow. And like she just changed the whole energy of what that's was going so on in that. Right. But that's that type of person bringing mm. that that level of life into that situation that they probably didn't have to. Yeah. But I can 100% guarantee at the end of the day, that person is going to be satisfied, fulfilled, yeah. will be ready to go have more joy in what yeah. they do it wasn't it wasn't a burden it wasn't mm. an obligation mm. it was fully engaged and in the moment 
It was cool to like. It was cool to watch. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Somebody doing that, and yeah. I think it energized everyone around it. Like mm. early morning flight, and everyone's like having a laugh and yeah. doing all these things. Right. So it's like a gift that people share. Isn't that amazing? It's pretty. It's a really cool concept that you just brought up there. Mm, it's in the approach, how we approach it. It's how you think about it. It's how you approach it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. He he also he also debunks busyness in this chapter, yeah. chapter three. He goes, anyone who says to me that they're busy, it's uh, it's he, he says busyness is bullshit. Yeah, and he goes, if it matters to you, you'll make time. Mm. I think that's true. Yeah, I, I didn't like swallowing that one. That was uh, that was uh, I was like, mm, I'm pretty busy, Arnold. But then the more I thought about it, and the more I sat on that, I was like, man, he's so right. I can't I, I wiggle my way out of this it. one. That's one that I struggle with. Yeah. Because to me, it's like when people are like, I'm busy, it's like, yeah, well, you're wearing that as a badge of honor. But what does it? What do you actually mean by that? Oh, right. Is it you don't believe in it? Right? Yeah. Okay. You know, like yeah, you also don't yeah, believe yeah, in yeah. business. No, yeah, no, I don't really believe in it. Because yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm a bit of a- on the fence? Yeah, I'm on the fence with it. Well, so, well I mean, I, I'm more leaning towards yeah. it is bullshit, but I'm I'm still slightly defensive about it. Well, well, to me, it's, it goes back to responsibility and ownership. Yeah. Right? If you go back to the- Because busyness to me is linked to time. Yeah. And it's linked to time allocation and management. Mm-hmm. And maybe even energy a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Right? Anyone can use the badge of busy. We all get 24 hours. Like I could sleep for 17 of them and then have 14 things on my task list and no. all of a sudden now I'm busy. No, right? he broke it down. Yeah. He broke it down. He said, you got 24 hours. Most people sleep for eight, right? So after eight hours, right? Then after that, you also work for eight hours. Yeah. So that's 16 hours gone. So then after 16 hours, you've got eight hours left. So mm-hmm. in those eight hours, he goes, all right, what do we subtract? Um, eating, doing chores with family, maybe three, yeah. right? So now you've got five hours left. And then he goes, you'd maybe do an hour of exercise or something. Now you've got four hours left. Yeah. And then maybe you, you and <laughs> I love what he yeah. said. He goes, don't take naps and don't rest. <laughs> rest and naps are for babies yeah. and old people. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And if you're not in those categories, <laughs> don't nap, don't rest. You get that during your love sleep. Napping. Yeah, I love so napping. You love napping, do you? <laughs> And then anyway, he worked out and he goes, okay, and then and then you play with your kids and whatever. You've got yeah. one hour left. Let's just say you've got one hour left every day. If you spent one hour every day of the year, that's 365 hours. That's that's the equivalent to someone writing a book. Yeah. And and busyness can exist, right? Because there'll be people listening. They'll be like, yeah, but you don't know my life. Like I've got yeah, yeah, kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing that. It's like, yeah, but you signed up for that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like so no one made those choices. Like, yeah, for you. Like, like you get to wear it as a badge. Yeah, but it's also one of those things. Like, are you wearing it there, or is it like, is it like, yeah, it's there's probably a lot of things happening, right? But then there is an element there around time management and time effectiveness to an extent, potentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also more around: is that a mindset that you're buying into, and is it serving you? You know, just as I'm thinking it out a little bit more, because I know that like in different circumstances, yeah, we're going to be busy. Like people are going to be busy with work and they've got lots of things on, but yeah, there's probably also an element there about taking responsibility and knowing that that doesn't have to be your narrative either. Yeah, It doesn't have to be the reason why you then can't pursue your dreams or do a couple of things for yourself or nourish yourself mm. or be kind to other people around you, right? Like all these things, they do have an element of control there. And- no one is out like for the most part there's a there's a series of circumstances and choices and decisions that lead us to where we're at in that point and i think he speaks about that as well mm. he's like we get we do have some things that are just put on us right where we're born maybe yeah. you know 
the family we're born into. Yeah, like all, absolutely. Yeah. But then we also do have an element of choices that we can make for ourselves to mm. some extent. Some will have more, some will have less. But for the most part now in the world that we live in, there is there is a little bit of an If you're listening to this podcast yeah. and you've got, like if you're hearing this, yeah. there's a good chance because you've got two hours to listen to us chat about this. Yeah, you've you, got probably, time. you probably you've got do time. have a little bit of time. You've got time. Right? Yeah, like we time. give you the permission for the next one. Don't yeah. listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> and you just have two hours to, to do that thing that you need to go and do. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. It's true. And, and I've heard people combat him on this. Yeah. Because I watch a lot of his videos on YouTube yeah. too. And he oh, does, he does flip out when. Well, uh, people flip out yeah. when you say this. And, yeah. and I, I, I was never, about to yeah. backtrack when I was going down there. Yeah. I, I can see like, you getting a bit scared. I'm like, shit. I'm going down a hole. I think you can. I'll jump into this hole with you. Don't worry. Because I, I, like I told you, I'm originally on the fence about it, but the yeah. more I listen to him speak, and I've heard him say this many times, and I remember there was a live event he did where, again, he just got grilled by someone in the audience, and at the time, it was a lady who grilled him, and she goes, I can't find time. I know you're saying this, but I can't find time. Where am I going to find time? She laid out her entire thing to him, yeah. saying everything that she was doing. Do you know what his response was? Yeah. <laughs> Sleep faster. <laughs> Sleep faster. Sleep faster. Oh, no. He told her to sleep oh, faster. Oh. I don't even know what faster. that means. No, 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 no. I, just, I just thought it was fantastic. I just thought that's hilarious. That's someone who fully embodies it. It's just sleep faster. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know how to do that. I mean, I, I didn't know how to extract the wisdom from that. But <laughs> it's just, I think, again, taking ownership. Yeah. You take ownership of your own story. Yeah. You know, and, and take ownership of your own situation. Stop allowing I mean, that, that situation to control you. And start taking control of it. There's something yeah. really liberating as well, right? Like if you said that you're going to do something and you don't do it, mm. and you're like, I couldn't do it because I was too busy. The word that's maybe nearly more empowering that allows you to take that extreme ownership move is, mm. sorry, I didn't prioritize it. Yeah. Right? Because you might have been able to do it. Yeah. But you chose other things. Because yeah. if you were busy, that means you just chose to do other things. Yeah. Some may have been reactive, some may have just been responsible or whatever, but it was more important mm. than that thing that you said you were going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like the word busy isn't like an overarching blanket term that you can just use an escape. It's, it's something I use in my reply emails now, my team sends yeah. to people who want to spend time with me. Yeah. Because again, because of the crazy following now, yeah. uh, it's so beautiful. I mean, I, I love receiving these. It's just, but I don't have time to be able to hang out with everyone that wants to hang out. Yeah. So You're too busy. Of, well, that's what I used to write, bro. But that's what I used to write. Yeah. I used to reply to those myself and go, hey, I'd love to, man, but I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. Whereas now the, the email response is, hey, Vin would love to. However, he, he's prioritizing his family in 2024 and mm-hmm. wants to spend more time with his newborn daughter. Mm-hmm. Right? So, I, I'm using that language now yeah. as opposed to saying the words I'm too busy. Yeah, so. I actually don't often say that I'm too busy. I, I've, I've kind of removed it from my language yeah, because the, of this the very language. point. Yeah, it is, it's, I'm not yeah. busy. I've just got different priorities at the moment. Yeah. 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 And it just even It's a that, cool mindset shift. Yeah, it, it's it, does a, it's own, it does change a lot, man. Like, because then you feel less frantic. Well, busy makes me feel like it's out of my control. And it's chaos. And it's chaos. And it's yeah. like there. Whereas if I'm saying that, sorry, I just couldn't do that because I didn't prioritize it. Yeah. All of a sudden now I'm like, yeah, I just didn't do it. Because to be honest, when I added it all up, it wasn't something that- Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, terrible on the receiving end of that because yeah. it's like, wow, you're a dick, yeah, yeah, right? Dick. But how about yeah. when you, when you internally, yeah, internally, right. it's really, really empowering. So right? Maybe there's a better way to communicate it. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. Still, we're still Where's figuring that? this one out. On no, no, no. You're figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, no. Because you know, if you say, hey, I, I would love to hang out, but uh, hanging out with you is not a priority of mine. That is an ouchies. Yeah, no. I'd be like, sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. 
But, but I think people understand if you're yeah. saying, hey, as much as I'd love to better spend yeah. time together, I'm really prioritizing yeah. the birth of my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I think um, people would understand that. I'm just going to use yours. Yeah, go oh for it. God. Even though you don't have a daughter. I'm, yeah, prioritizing the birth it. of my daughter. It's like, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah just go, sorry, I'm just prioritizing the birth of Vin's daughter. daughter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I love that. Chapter four. Sell, oh. sell, sell. I really connected with this one because he praised communication skills in this <laughs> oh, one. This is, you. this is your chapter. Take it away, communication well, well, he, he just said... You need to be able to communicate your vision, promote it, and sell it. Mm. And then at the end of that, he added his innovation where he says, and then you also have to know who to sell it to. So again, you got the vision. You allowed yourself to think big. So you've got a really big vision. You ignore the naysayers. You don't think small. You work your ass off. But then you also have to know how to sell your vision. I love that. It was a very sequential book. I really enjoyed it. So again, this is the most common problem I see in my world, in my realm, is that, man, the fact that, Peter and I, my team, we can put together content on social media and now reach on average of 25 plus million people per month. Mm. The influx of people's stories is overwhelming. And the most common thread, the most common story is, I'm really good at what I do. I'm freaking better than Brad. Brad's a piece of crap, but he always gets the promotion, right? Why does my manager not see that I'm better that story is just repetitive now mm-hmm. because I hear it all the time in all different industries. And it's because they don't know how to sell themselves. Mm-hmm. In other words, they don't know how to communicate their value. Yeah. So I think something that Arnold has done exceptionally well oh. is he has been able to communicate his value against all odds. Like you said, when he went into the movie, wanted to be an action hero, everyone saw him as the villain mm-hmm. because he sounded weird and he looked like just ridiculous. <laughs> and he goes, no, I want to be the hero, <laughs> yeah. right? He wants to be the hero. Yeah. And he became one of the greatest heroes of all time. And then after that, he goes, I don't want to be hero anymore. I want to be comedy man. <laughs> See, some reason sounds a bit Asian there. I don't know why. Yeah, that was, I was well, I'm just going to let yeah, you roll with it. Just let me roll with it. And then he became the, one of the, like, yeah. this, the funniest movies. I just recently watched Twins again. Oh. And it was the funniest thing ever. You, you know the story behind Twins and the deal that he carved with Twins, right? Tell me more about it. So most of the time with movies, they front Oh, out yeah, 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 yeah. you get yeah. your 10 mil or 20 yeah. mil. But because it was him and Danny DeVito back then. Well, it was such an outrageous movie. Outrageous concept. Yeah. So then he's like, all right, well, we'll take no money up front. Yeah. And then we'll back end it. And we'll get a cut of it. And we'll get a cut of that. And I'm pretty sure, like, I heard somebody speaking about it recently. I think that movie's gone and grossed something like $1.2 billion. Oh, Somewhere wow. around there. And I think the deal that they carved from all reports is that they both took a 40% slice of profits above like $100 million or something. So he's made more money from Twins. And he's, I think he says it in the book. Yeah, he does. He says he's made more money of Twins. But it is like astronomically more yeah, yeah. than any other More than any movie. other combined. <laughs> combined, man. And, and the best part is when they got down to it, once they approved it, they actually tried to front end it. And him and Danny DeVito said no. That's so they were brilliant. like, it's fine, we won't take any because they believed it so much deep down that this is going to work. Mm. And I'm pretty sure not many movie deals have been negotiated like that since. Well, I think that is also their ability to sell something. Because if you think about what you said in that story, no one wanted to do it. So they had to remove all risk for mm. all the parties involved by not taking yeah. anything up front, which is, again, I think at that time unheard of in the Hollywood industry, nah. right? So, and they were also able to sell something that I also believe was unheard of, right? It, it's, 
you got the greatest action hero, yeah. this massive dude, and then this really short, funny guy. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It was genius, yeah, man. So but it's his ability to sell himself as an actor, his ability to sell himself as a governor, his yeah. ability, he, he, it's unbelievable how he's able to sell himself. And I think it's in his ability to communicate. Yes. And just such a high level of self-belief and confidence, right? Yeah. It's, and to be so immovable in his visions. Mm. I think that when you actually look at this, this is truly somebody who's a master of vision and execution. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like realistically, like yeah. he's a, he is in that. He dreams it and he builds it. Yeah. Like there's maybe, and to do it from the beautiful part about it too as well is he's done it. His starting point wasn't one off advantage. Yeah. It's no. not like this was predestined. So he's done it really against the odds. And I think that makes it even more impressive when you hear these stories of yeah. multiple transformations with severe resisting forces against you in a highly competitive environment and mm. then to pull it off over and over again, it's pretty crazy. It is. Yeah, well played. The, the, the one part that I don't want us to miss is, yeah. again, I'll, I'll read the sentence. You need to be able to communicate your vision, promote it, sell it, and then you need to know who to sell it to. This is where he's really smart because he knows who to sell it to. It reminded me when I, when I was younger, man, and I used to do close-up magic. When I was doing close-up magic, I used to walk into businesses and then sell to the receptionist. Yeah. And I'd get nowhere. Mm. And I'd get so demoralized because I'd go and I'd be like, oh, I'm in this business. Hey, do you, know, do you have functions? Can you put me in touch with the right person? Can you do that? And then they would always just push me away. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I confused that with no one needs close-up magicians in Adelaide. Mm-hmm. I've completely failed. Mm-hmm. But then as I kind of thought about it more, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just doing it to the wrong person. And then I started to realize that every large organization has an event manager. So now I would go on LinkedIn and I would search event managers for every single large company within South Australia, found them on LinkedIn, added them on LinkedIn, and then started the conversation with them. I got gigs all over Adelaide. Mm-hmm. So something that felt impossible, it was only impossible because even though I knew how to communicate, I was communicating to the wrong person. So that was such a wonderful line of wisdom there is that with whatever you're currently doing, are you selling to the right person? Because you could have all the communication skills, the greatest vision, all the technical ability, but then if you sell to the wrong person, nothing happens. Very similar negotiation. Who's the key decision maker here? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. So I love that. I love that lesson there. So important as, you know, moving forward into the next chapters of life. I want to make sure I remember that too. Just going back to your point as well, just Mm. around having that level of talent and not communicating it to the highest level. That's tough, man. The greatest example in my life is one of my really good friends, Michael. Mm. Right? You do a bit of stuff with Mike as well. Yeah. And me and Mike, I've known him for over 20 years. Wow. And he's so humble. In a sense that for those 20 years, like we'd talk about work and all that, but I never truly knew what he did. Yeah, what really? And then while he's sitting there, it's only just probably in the last few years where I started. Got for 20 more, years, you didn't get, know. Well, well, he started getting a bit more confident. He's like talking about what he does a little bit more. I'm like, I need all of this stuff that you're doing right now. And now he does like heaps of work with us. He's does work, work with, with me. <laughs> yeah. He's found and me two like, team members. Like that. And, and, but I actually do think looking back, one of the things was probably even once you got into the orbit a little bit, huh. it was that message. And I think you mentioned this a little while ago, but that message around, yeah, technical skills versus mm. how you then communicate it really hit home. And I think that is such a big gift that you've given to a lot of people yeah. out there yeah. where there is a vast majority of people that truly do undersell 
their yeah. gifts and their I, talent, and then they don't really get to reach the world. I think it's more common in Australia, and it's more common, even more common in New Zealand. It's the whole tall poppy syndrome thing. Yeah. It's people, well, because I think in our country, we really value humility. Yeah. And I think we value it so much that it can damage our progress at times. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that was one of the most wonderful things that America taught me. I, mm. I, even though my time in America was really hard, there was a lot of work and, and I felt like I, I didn't spend enough time with my family and everything, I still, wouldn't, I still wouldn't look at that and go, I wish I didn't do it. I'm glad I did it. Mm. Because America taught me some incredible lessons. And one of the lessons Americans have taught me, which I really love is, again, dream big. Yeah. Don't play small. Like be humble but not at the expense of being able to surely true your worth and your value. And I'll, I'll never forget this. I still remember one of the first clients I pitched to in the US, beautiful lady. And, and she, I remember I pitched myself and she goes offline. She, she, after the call, she goes, look, I'm, I'm going to set up another call for you. And I need you to, I need you to sell harder because I don't want to work with the competitors. I want to work with you. But the way you pitched it made it seem as if you're the most average keynote speaker on the planet. Right? And she, so again, then I got a second shot and I got the gig only because she encouraged me to sell myself more because I was underselling myself. I was like, oh yeah, you you know, I've only been doing this for four or five years. She goes, no, no, no. I've been doing this for a full five years. Not I've only been doing it for five years. I'm still new at this. No, no, no. I'm really good at what I do and I'm going to be able to help you put on an incredible conference. I'll help you set the tone. And I was like, wow, I never would say stuff like that. I'll be like, oh yeah, maybe maybe I'll be able to help, you know, increase the good vibes. <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's it's crazy in that it's taught me how to, to not be shy yeah. with the value that I can actually provide. You've always said that about your time in the States. Yeah. Even when you go back. It changed me, You always me, come man. back energized yeah, and you're like- Yeah, absolutely. I love America, of, man. Yeah, that, that energy. Even when you go to American sporting events. Yeah. Oh, The dude. energy in there is so The hockey so game different. we went to. Yeah, it's like there's dancing Next and level. cheery and like- Shooting think, shirts at you. I think that is, it is. It's a pretty cool thing about Americans about yeah. how well they outwardly express themselves. I love that Whereas we we keep that very- Yeah internal you know there's a lot of cultures probably like that like well japanese culture is very similar very it's very humble and i think there's there's beauty in all cultures but i think it's it's like i feel really sad for my my american friends because they've they've gotten the short end of the stick recently you know people look at americans and they they often give them a lot of shit but i'm like no i i've met americans and i love them man Mm. they're just really good people you know you only hear about the 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 bad stuff because in every culture there's bad people it's just Some of the bad ones over there make a lot of noise. That's all. But man, when you go over there and you meet them, beautiful humans, man. Beautiful people. And they all have dreams, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I love that about them. I, I really do think it's the core of like the beauty of America, especially say, you know, recent times probably been a little bit different, but say the 50, 60 years preceding that is Americans were the greatest storytellers. Yeah. They use the mediums. Like, like if we think about for most of the world, we're watching Hollywood movies. Yeah. These are the hero stories. These are the things that made us- dream big like yeah it all sort of came from there mm-hmm. and that was like the role that they played for the world right mm. or the leader there were the leaders of the free world and yeah so interesting i mean one one more quick story about america <laughs> while, while i was there one of the most beautiful things i saw and i never saw this in australia was when i was at airports people would walk up to the soldiers and say hey thanks uh, for your service yeah. shake their hand give them a hug 
I've seen Australian soldiers all the time. And I remember when I went to America, I came back and then I was at an airport and I saw an Australian soldier. I, I immediately went up to him and I go, hey man, thanks for your service. Yeah. And he goes, oh, oh man, no worries. Like, yeah. Well, like, what made you what made you come up to me and say that? The first time. First time yeah. it's ever happened to that. Yeah. So, and I went, whoa, this is crazy. I think we're, we're so humble sometimes that we, we don't even praise those around us for the beautiful things that they do, mm. you know, because we want to keep them level-headed. Hey, man, I don't want you to become a tall poppy. I want you to stay level-headed. You know, you're yeah. good, but you're not that good kind of thing. So I think we miss out on a lot of those beautiful traits that I saw over there. And our last thing I'll say about America, my, my, my <laughs> romantic love for them, yeah. is just I love the word they use and the word is service. Mm. how can we serve you mm. as freaking cool and Arnie has that in him yeah. he loves America and you can feel his love for America in this book yeah. where the final chapter not to give it away but it's about giving back yeah. and in this stage of his life now he's all about how do I give back how do I give back to this state this country that has given me everything I could have wanted in this life mm-hmm. I think that's so beautiful yeah so yeah no, I love his journey mm. throughout the book where it starts about his own sort of vision and what mm. he wanted to do for himself. Yeah. And it does kind of end organically there and how do you then- But before we end, out? before we end prematurely, yes. we've got uh, chapter five, okay. shifting gears. You know when he speaks about, oh, when things go bad, I shift gears. Yep. When this happens, I shift gears. I love that chapter. I love that concept. I've been saying that a lot with my team in the last two mm. weeks. As I've been reading this, anytime we're doing something really serious, I'm like, all right, let's shift gears now. Let's move towards a little more playfulness. Or let's shift gears. Let's go back into seriousness. Well, yeah, I had two sort of notes in this one. Mm. One is around negativity bias. Mm, yeah, yeah, he talked about that. Here. And I think that's a really big concept that's worth exploring yeah, just a little bit. Just yeah. Because, yeah, it, and it, simplest form. It's that we overvalue the bad things that happen versus the good things. Yeah. We're just sort of pre-programmed for that. And just having an understanding and awareness of that can help us navigate challenges mm-hmm. and not letting them like – and that's the thing, right? Like 80%, 90% of life can be going really well. That 5% or that one thing yeah. that gets into our mind, it can nearly reduce the quality of the other 80 or 90% of the things that are going well. Mm. And it's just having objective ways to be able to measure that a little bit. Like we do that through journaling and tracking mm. and all that so that we just don't buy into an emotional one single event. Mm. We look at it holistically over a period of time. Well, let, let me just share with everyone pragmatically what it is. One of the reasons why one thing doesn't throw us off as much anymore mm-hmm. is because by tracking all of the wonderful things that happen in our month and we've got a doc, you've got a doc that you share with me that you do this and you've, we mm. share these docs where we can see all the amazing things we've done in the month is the moment anything bad happens to me now, you've been able to help me train myself. I go immediately to that doc the moment the bad thing happens and I go, yeah, I get that bad thing happened. But I've also have 26 other things that were great that happened this month. And then immediately helps you navigate that. Whereas before, I didn't hold those 26 wonderful things that happened. So the moment the bad thing happens, that's the only thing I see and that's the only thing I recognize that's in front of me. So then I would say things like, oh man, life shit. Where it's like, is it? Yeah. Is it really? No. There's still 26 going things going for you that happened that month. Having lists like that, yeah. it does actually get you to proportionately size that negative thing. And proportionally well. size your reaction to it. That's right. Yeah. It's a very empowering tool, I think. Very empowering tool. I think it's psychologically really yeah. robust. It's I think really the other thing that I'm way. learning a lot more about as well is just emotions and how emotions process within us. Mm. And then they lead to that. Like if we think about even when we do phrase something as negative or positive, mm. they are largely linked to an emotion. 
and it's nearly a practice around how can you then describe and define what that emotion is. Labeling it. Labeling it, mm. you know, and getting through that a little bit. And that's probably something that I've personally haven't been that great at. Yeah. Like I'll just go more optimistic. I'll, I'll gravitate to the, the good things. Mm. But then there's probably an element there where, yeah, didn't give the emotions that level off mm. light that they deserved and sometimes they could linger around a little bit longer than they probably should. But yeah. What else did you have for this chapter? This other one was um, risk and about risk being relative, mm-hmm. right? Because we'll sit there and sometimes we'll feel like, wow, something's so risky, I can't do it. Mm. And it's just getting in the mindset, well, it might be risky to me right now where I am, but that risk is relative. It's not an objective measure okay. for how to make decisions. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting there and you and it, risks often is linked to a perception of fear, but it's also linked to what you, what we may lose by taking a course of action. So if you can sit there and really break that down, it means that maybe you just don't get stuck in a risk-averse loop. It's like, hey, well, I want to do this thing. The mind might say, this is too risky. Now's not the time to do it. It's maybe thinking, well, why not? What do I actually have to lose? And if what you have to lose isn't that great, it's probably an indicator that you should go and do it. (laughs) And not just do it because you've labelled yourself as somebody who's risk averse or I don't do things like that or yeah. it's not in my nature or whatever. It's actually break it down on what that specific thing really is. Mm. Um, and we'll see it for what it is, not what you think it is. That's right. Yeah. And when you tie it back to what are you actually going to lose, mm. that can be quite liberating. And especially for people that are early on, generally the risks are probably going to be lower. Which is the greatest right. time to take risks. Uni students. Yeah. Like well, government. even if you haven't taken any risks, yep. if you haven't taken any risks so far, now's the time that's to also do it. great do because it. it means, again, there's not as much as yep. you think that you could lose. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. When you, it's like, again, I've said this many times as well. It's like when you, you know, the, the movies are the, the scary movies that are the most scary are the ones where you never see the monster. Yeah. But then when you can see the monster after a while, kind of, it's not as scary anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, the yeah. first predator was really scary because you couldn't see him. He was invisible yeah. and he was so scary. But then after you see him all the time now and you see him in Alien versus <laughs> Predator and people all wear his masks all around, that face isn't as scary yeah. anymore, right? It's, it's slightly charming. So it's not as scary anymore. So I think as you look at all of your fears and your risks more closely, they become a lot less scary. They become a lot less scary. Love that. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. And I mean, what what I took from that chapter is it's the ability to shift gears. Mm. It's the ability to shift how you feel and move into a different space. I kind of like that. And and I like that he uses the words gears, shifting gears, because I, I, I like doing that. Mm. You know, there, there's times where it, it's why environment is so important to me. It's why I have this studio. It's I could have things that are going on in my life that are really tough. But when I go into the studio, mm. environment, music helps me shift gears. I go, okay, I understand that. When I leave the studio, all of that pain, all of that difficulty, all of those challenges will be waiting for me outside that door. That's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll re-engage with you after. We'll dance again after. But for now, I've got work I have to do. That's cool. But I've been able to train that because I've been able to build an environment and space and just habits that have allowed me to switch gears. There's a cool pragmatic maybe lesson in that as well Mm. where if you're feeling that, have a list of environments that you can enter that do allow you to shift that. Yeah. And people. Yeah. Yeah, It's environments. It's people. 
uh, that help you shift gears. Shift, yeah. You know, you, you, we always have that one friend where we were around mm. and we can joke around with, right? Like every time we're around Craig, we're just like mm. super silly. Mm. We have, oh. we're really playful. We have a lot of fun. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like we've got different people for different things. Mm-hmm. And I think you just have to be really clear on who those people are. So when you do find yourself stuck in second gear or first gear and you need to be in fifth gear, well, yeah. go find that person. Go find those environments that can help you switch gears. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. That another pot shot at Craig that we only hang out when we there's want no, to be silly. There's no depth there. There's no depth. There's no depth. It's <laughs> like, just when yeah. we want to be in first gear, it's yeah, like we're yeah, going to hang yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> When you want to, when you, when you, when you want depth and meaning, you, you go elsewhere. You yeah. go, to, you go to Dan. Yeah, yeah, go to Dan. You know Peter. Yeah, you know the the people who have depth. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, why is why is he still here? It's weird. It's weird. It's, he's just he loves he loves it. Loves a, loves a good beating. <laughs> What? Chapter six. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even why. I don't even know why I said it like that. Yeah. Chapter six. All right. You've got the heading for chapter six. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Open your mind. Yeah. That's literally what it is. What I should be doing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know. You know. You know how it is, though. For, for those listeners who, who it was funny because I, I had a class once. <laughs> I was teaching online, and, and and Craig and I take the piss a lot, right? Yeah. So so in in the class we play as if. I hate Craig and Craig hates me and we hate each other. And I remember in one of the classes, in one of the classes, someone wrote, like, I mean, I love the content. Like, it's all really good, but do you guys have to be really mean to each other? Like, you guys are great people. We're like, oh man, they couldn't see through it that it's a joke. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. And then I was like, no, no, we can't. Why is it a joke? No, it's not a joke. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a joke. So, like, of course it's not. So they're right. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. Mm. They're right. Of course. Mm. All right. cool. Shut your mouth, open your mind. Yeah. <laughs> just did it back to me. Yeah, I did it back to you, Ali. <laughs> Shut your mouth, open your mind. So that's a Let's really go. nice like sort of thing. Just if yeah. you're talking too much or you've lost attention. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your mouth, open your mind. I think the core of this chapter is about being curious. Mm. It's all about curiosity and remaining curious. And he 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 he's really humble in that. He says, like when he wanted to be the governor, he had no idea about how to be a governor. But he thinks his superpower is that he was curious about it and he wanted to help people. He wanted to be useful. So he just got all these incredible people around him because of the leverage he had with his fame and he learned from them. He remained curious and he learned about how to be a good governor. Love it. I mean, curiosity again. Huge. Such an important thing. I think, I think we lose curiosity as we get older. Mm-hmm. I think one of the most beautiful things about kids, and I see this in your kids as much as I see it in mine, is that they're so curious about things. Mm. Like you, like I saw Xander the other day. We've got this little toy that draws automatically. So you put a pen on it, it holds the pen, it's got wheels and it draws whatever animal you want it to draw. It's freaking cool. And then I saw him the other day, he was just sitting there, <laughs> but he picked it up and he was just looking under it going, like I could see him thinking. And to me, that was curiosity at play because he's like, and he puts it back down and then it finds where it was before and then it continues to draw that and he picks it up again. To me, that's him being curious about how does this thing work? Like, how the hell is it doing this? And it was so cool seeing curiosity in him. And it just makes me reflect. Because then later that day, we'd go grocery shopping and I'm, I'm pushing the trolley around with him. And I see adults everywhere. We're no longer curious. Mm. I don't see people being curious there at all. You see people walking around the city. No one's curious. Everyone's just got, I've got a task. I've got a job. I've got an agenda of what I need to do today. I'm just going to go do those things. There's no curiosity anymore, man. Even myself, I catch myself as well. Same thing. 
if I didn't schedule time to dream up whatever I wanted to dream, I don't think I'd spend any time being curious. Yeah. And it's true. It gets harder, I think, as we get older. Curiosity. It's well, like, you know, that muscle yeah. that you have to keep there. And, and I think that's why we love, everyone loves that adult in their life that's still got that childlike yeah, curiosity sure. and, mm. you know, playfulness about things. And mm. we get energized by that. You're yeah. right. Kids have it in droves and- Somewhere along the line, it does probably reduce a bit, but yeah, it's so it's another one of those. It's so energizing mm. when you get curious about something. You go down that rabbit hole, and then you learn more things. Like you mentioned, alpaca poo earlier, right? Like yeah, I could yeah, see how yeah. curious you were Dude, about I'm so farming, about and like you still got that, yeah, at a really high level. You know what you can do with alpaca poo? What? You can mix it with water, and it becomes what they call alpaca tea. <laughs> and you don't drink it, no. don't drink it, mm. but you can just water it straight into your garden. Yeah, one of the most nutritious things you can do. Craig's like taking notes of like drink alpaca. <laughs> <laughs> he skipped a step. <laughs> no, don't do it. Yeah, but it's uh. it's so incredible. It's it's like, and I think that curiosity for me, it brings about a yeah. zest in life mm. that I think I wouldn't have if I wasn't curious. Because curiosity means what? Curiosity to me means I'm bringing new information into my brain. And new information, what it does to my brain is it tickles my brain. How often does your brain get tickled, right? I remember when I sat there and I learned about alpaca tea, you know what? Damn, that's some cool shit right there. Like literally, that's some cool shit. That's amazing. How cool is that? Here's the other cool thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say too because I'm going to become a farmer. <laughs> the best place to place a chicken coop is right next to where your orchard and all your fruit trees are. Do you know why? Because what happens is when the, when the apples fall and normally when apples fall and fruits fall and you just let them rot, right? You just think, oh, I'm just going to let it fertilize the ground. <laughs> what you can do now instead is you can take those fallen plums, apples, apricots, pears, take them, throw them into the chicken coop next door. Chickens eat those fruit. They shit. They nourish the ground. You then can take that fertilizer there, <laughs> nourish the tree, and that's the freaking circle of life. That is circle of life. The apples feed the chicken. The chicken feeds the ground. The ground feeds the trees. And it's a circle. And byproduct, you get eggs. <laughs> Isn't that a tickle of your brain moment? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I logically knew I'm getting more cycle. curious about farming. Like as we Bro, we it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. But here's the thing. I've always kn- known that psychologically in a way. Oh, no, no, sorry, not psychologically. Right. Logically. <laughs> yeah. But then when that when I was curious about it and I looked it up and then, because I'm like, where do you place the chicken coop? What's the optimal placement for the chicken coop? Like, I want to know, man. I don't want to just put it randomly. You've been wanting a chicken coop for three years. Three like, years I've wanted a chicken yeah, coop. This is and weird. I've been curious about it for three years. Yeah. But I've only, Pei Wen, but Pei Wen only, yeah, she's opened yeah, the gate. Yeah. She's like, look, yeah. we're going to do it. I'm, I'm like, yeah. That. And That's the moment weird. she opened that door, I allowed myself to be curious, right? Yeah. So when I was listening to these, these lessons in these videos and I was reading about it, I went, this is amazing. My brain lit up. Whereas, whereas often I don't do stuff like that. Often I just sit there and just consume an episode of Netflix of something that I didn't really even want to watch, but I'm watching it only because there was nothing else to watch and Perwin and I couldn't decide on what to watch. <laughs> or we just watched something shitty. And then I'm just destroying and decaying my brain Whereas when I'm curious, oh man, it lights up my brain. It lights up my life. And even Pei Wen got inspired by it. That's the power of curiosity, man. I can feel your energy right now. You're in. I'm curious. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just yeah, kind of went on the You're right really there. in. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm locked in. Yeah, that's. But again, I think that is an example. We'll do a whole episode on do. farming at some point. Bro, we, we have farming. to do. Yeah. The day you yeah. buy me the cow yeah. will be a great day. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a great day when you buy me my Highlander. Yeah. It'll be such an exciting. You have to buy me too. Because they can't be on their own. Great. Can awesome. you buy me too? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks, Ollie. <laughs> yeah. No, because right. it would, dude, it'll be lonely, man. If you bought one, it'd be super lonely. You've got to get two. Yeah, no, it needs a friend. 
All right. So that's the that's the power of uh, curiosity. There. Anything <laughs> anything else you want to mention on that one? No, the only other one there was probably just uh, the quote highlighted. Yeah, we have two ears and one mouth. So we can listen twice as much as we speak. Yeah, the importance of listening. Yeah, just listening. And I think he was, not only was he curious, it seemed like he really took in a lot of information in every environment. Like that was nearly part of the game for him, mm. was going into these things, being a sponge, learning as much as he could, being curious. It's a pretty powerful combination again. Yeah. In terms of skill development and probably excelling in any environment. Well, it's again, not believing that you know it all. One of the funniest things that I always see in my comment section is uh, when when I have a video and I've got a bit of a strong opinion in that video and I'm saying something about something Mm -hmm. and then someone disagrees with it and it drives them crazy though. Like they'll write a paragraph about how they disagree with it. Mm. I think something that I've learned is that as I'm opening my mind, it doesn't mean I have to accept everything that everybody says. Yeah. Right, It doesn't mean that. It means you can be a selective sponge. You don't just have to be an overall sponge and sponge everything. Be selective about it. And there are going to be things that people say that you completely agree with and there'll be things that you don't agree with and that's okay. And I think it's even more important to listen to the things you don't agree with because if you always just listen to the things you agree with, it, I think that potentially means you don't bloody learn anything new. I think when you find people who you don't agree with, if you listen carefully, that allows you to inspect your way of thinking and go, instead of just emotionally reacting to this, why don't I just sit with it for a bit? Sit in that discomfort to go, could I be wrong? Mm. Right? And I think that's really important. You know, there, there's, there's, there've been some things that I normally don't listen to that I've started listening to. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to listen to it just because it makes me feel a little bit, like, oh, I'm going to mm. feel that as comfortable about it. But it's kind of cool because it helps you expand your thinking. So while you have two ears and one mouth, understand that you don't have to agree with everything you listen to. Absolutely. But also be open. Open your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to have conversations with the people who who don't fully agree with you because they're the people who help stretch your mind and stretch your thinking. That's right. And you don't have to act on everything that people tell you. To yeah, you don't. You don't. Like Just, we have lots of advisors and all yeah. that. And I love it. Like I'll sit there and I'll do the same thing. I'll write the mm. note down when I get challenged on something or I, I hear a concept or new insight that nearly makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I want to now go and investigate that. Yeah. Like why in that moment was my natural reaction to resist that mm. when somebody's actually brought it forward in alignment with what we were discussing? And it's usually a pretty good signal that- there is a potential growth area or a blind spot or something mm. that I'm missing there that we need to then explore a bit further. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Final one. Final one. Break your mirrors. Wrap it up. Break your mirrors. <laughs> I think the one that the, – the main lesson I took from this one is, and again, metaphor, metaphorically, is mm-hmm. that you know Arnold said he spent his whole life looking in the mirror, looking at himself. Uh, learning how he can grow his muscles, how he can get better. And he goes, he wanted to break the mirror in the end because he didn't want to make it about him anymore. Mm -hmm. He wanted to make it about others, contribution. Mm -hmm. And this is really aligned again with one of my biggest values. Again, I I always say this at (laughs) nauseating how much I say this one, but it's it's when you eat the fruit, remember those who help you plant the tree. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful Vietnamese quote. I love that quote. And... In this chapter, he talks about how much fulfillment and meaning he gets now from helping people. Mm. It's so cool to see his journey. You know, when he was the action star, it was all about him. When he, you know, was the movie star, again, it was all about him. 
But now in the later stages of his life, he's now fully focused on giving to others. And I, I love this quote that he says too. He says, everyone wins when you help others, mm. including you. Because when you help other people, it makes you feel good. And we, we know there's so many studies that prove this already. And I think one of the quickest ways to shift gears as well to relate it back to a previous chapter, if you're feeling really crappy, one of the quickest ways to feel better mm. is think about some of the people in your circle that you love. Think about someone in your community. Go help them. Mm. Get out of your own head. Break that mirror for a moment. And instead of looking at your own life going, oh, everything sucks in my life, just go do something for somebody else. That's one of also, I think, the most pragmatic ways and quickest ways to shift gears. Mm. Because when you help other people, everyone wins, including you. I love that. Yeah. it's My note on this was probably pretty similar. I just had the word sort of gratitude and appreciation listed there. Mm. And it's interesting just watching, you know, hearing you speak about that. And as as your sort of following has grown, you've gotten bigger, right? you know, being your, your bro, and I get asked the questions like, well, what's he really like? <laughs> you know, like, you know. You, should ask Craig that question. Yeah, ask Craig. <laughs> if anyone asked Craig that question, they'd like, get the real answer. answer to me, then you're yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I think it's been really interesting watching you navigate that journey. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it can be, you know, people might read these chapters with Arnold or when you're saying that and they'll be like, oh, well, these are just throwaway lines. You know, yeah, it sounds yeah. good. It's... Yeah. It's, you know, good for the, the podcast and the camera, but it's been interesting just watching over a 10-year journey. Mm. And I'll say this genuinely, I've never seen anyone act generosity and abundance like how you do, mm. right? Like you're the only person that I've seen do it, but do it in a way where you don't do it from a place of like martyrdom or you don't do it from a place of uh, I'm doing this so I get something back or I'm doing this just to get good karma or whatever <laughs> it is. You might be, but mm. you just do it because you generally, I think, want the best for those that are around you but i've only seen you win from it as well Mm -hmm. it's one of those things it's not like i always used to think that to be generous or abundant it would mean that you have to sacrifice Mm. and then not do that but you're the first person i've seen do it on both sides where like over the years i've just become a believer that it's just a practical way to play the game of life now Mm. and if you actually do commit to it it does have a positive, you know, flywheel or engine there. And yeah, just to see somebody do that over a period of time, like, yeah, because that's what people are like. They're like, yeah, look, it says like, it says some really great things online and on social media and stuff. Like, but does he actually do that stuff or is he different Mm. than private? I'm like, yeah, no, he's an absolute piece of shit. No, but it's, it's actually, I'm like, it's my answer is usually the opposite. I'm Mm. like, yeah, what you actually see on camera Mm. is actually better in real life, which is probably rare. Mm. with a lot of other people usually that version of themselves is the biggest version that they share publicly but in your case yeah you're actually a little bit more impressive even behind the scenes so and what you've done even over the last year and stuff for everyone in your family and all the things that you've sort of navigated and it's just really incredible to watch so that's my sort of nearly wrap up of 2023 and as we head into 2024 but it's it just goes back to that it was just like it was just an overwhelming like feeling i think even mm. just heading into this podcast of just gratitude that this is the life and game that we get to play. And, yeah. you know, it feels so pure and so energizing. We've got so many amazing people in our lives that, you know, do so many incredible things for us. And yeah, it's just a really cool time of the year to reflect on that. I feel like we're, we're in a point of our lives where we're able to harvest a lot of the fruit that we've been planting for years now. 
Mm-hmm. We've been planting a lot of fruits for a long time. We've been watering them, pruning them, taking care of them, sh- giving them shade from sunlight and, and protecting them. And we've done a lot of that. And I think these couple of years recently, I feel like, wow, it's kind of cool seeing so much of it come together. Mm-hmm. Even this podcast that we're doing, it's so cool that, you know, we did the, uh, you sent me the the wrap up for mm-hmm. Spotify and, mm-hmm. and Buzzsprout and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's so cool to go, wow, dude, this podcast is in the top 2% of podcasts all around the world. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Something that was just born out of love for growth and learning mm. now has become something far beyond what we ever be, believed it would have ever become. Insane. It's so crazy. And and I think to, to turn it back for our listeners as well is that as you move forward, I think, I think it always looks impossible from far away. When you want to do something that you determine is great, it always seems impossible. It always does because you try to achieve it in one step. Yeah. But I think if there's anything that I could share and you know, standing on the shoulders of giants like Arnold and, and all the books that we reviewed over the years, it just comes back down to dollar cost averaging your actions. Mm. You know, I think uh, – uh, that, that, that is the ultimate strategy in the financial realm, not financial advisors. That is the ultimate f- strategy in the financial arena to build wealth is to constantly and consistently invest. And I think if you just constantly and consistently invested actions on a weekly, on a daily basis towards a vision that you've created that makes you feel a little bit scared, but if you dollar cost average that daily – we are going to see you at the top. Yeah. We're going to see you there. And I love that. That's beautiful. And even that sort of note written there as a practical thing as you head into the next year, do these three things. Plan, take action, and review. Mm. Right? And I think that's the reps. Once you get them over a period of time, they just build up. Like, you know me, I'm a bit crazy with how i track stuff and all that yeah so i've got like systems and stuff set up like i had a look in alignment with my vision and the strategies and stuff i mapped that out at the start of the year yeah use a program called asana where it all lives inside there i had a look like it was 1700 actions taken this year you told me this morning right unreal that's only an average of five a day yeah five a day but tracked Mm. but now i can look back on that over Mm. a 12 month period and literally be like, well, these are the things I plan to do. These are the things that were linked to my vision. These are the things that I achieved and got the outcomes on. These are the things where the journey was really nourishing and nice. These are the things where I failed a little bit and I had to learn and readapt. Mm. But that whole story is painted out over a 12-month period. And then you could see it. But at the end of the day, when you really break it down in its simplest form, mm. it was three to five things every single day. That's it. Wow. Right, and then you get this body of work. When you look at it, seventeen hundred actions, you can't even review it properly. Like realistically, it's too many things. But it's like just those little—it's just jabbing little punches all the time, and it didn't feel that arduous. But if you looked at it, if I'm like, "Hey, I'm just going to map out seventeen hundred things that I'm going to do right now," it's overwhelming. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. So, well, look as we uh, as we round this out, happy New Year. We are really excited to do 2024 with you. We're really excited to continue to learn, to grow, to expand our minds and to, to continually to continually learn how to get better at this game called life. 
And we just really appreciate your joining with us uh, on this journey, you know, as, as two of the most uneducated people in our networks mm-hmm. uh, come together to try to be educated, yeah, <laughs> to try to continue yeah, that yeah, learning process. We read to learn. Yeah, we, <laughs> well, we, we truly do. And I think, I think what's cool is we've remained students mm-hmm. and we've held each other accountable to remain students where I think it's so easy to, to fall off the bandwagon, no longer learn, no longer read. And I think one of the greatest things you've done for me, and I think hopefully we've been able to do for our listeners as well, is to continually inspire them to learn because it's never that you're not capable. Mm. It's just that you don't know how. Mm. So if you don't know how, just find out how and then just do what Ali said. Just take a few actions a day. That's all it takes. And gradually you'll, you'll, you'll get to the top. All right. Happy New Year, everyone. Have a, have a wonderful festive season. Eat lots. Take naps. Don't worry about what, what Arnold says. Yeah. Take naps and rest and sleep right after you eat. It's all good. <laughs> you got all any right. final words? That's it. We're done. All right. Take care, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side of 2024. Hi. Hello. It's Vin. Thank you so much for listening to the Vin and Ali show. We've created something that we're really excited about and we want to share it with you. It's called Recalibrate. It's a 12-step process that helps you create more clarity and more alignment in your life. It's the exact approach that both Ali and I have been using to live happier lives and to achieve all of our wildest dreams in the last seven years. It's been crazy. Being one of our loyal listeners, we wanted to share a special something with you. Visit recalibrate.online forward slash Vin and Ali to access the course for 70% off. I hope you will check it out.